and the like the wings you know how when you get like cheap wings they're kind of wet watery and like just kind of s- slimy almost like cheap wings like bad wings I'm saucy no 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 like like inside the chicken underneath oh yeah the, yeah 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 wasn't like that at all it was like big plump real good fried chicken you know i don't um, like the word plump but i get what you mean dude it's chicken of For course chicken? it can be plump it just it's it's like you moist check to me. yourself, bro. Plump plump is just a word plump that makes me like chicken moist. vocabulary, dude. It makes me feel gross, dude. Pl- the word plump, like this is not <laughs> in your chicken lexicon. Come on, dude. This is Aaron, Jeremiah, and Nate. We play in a band together. We spent years in a band discussing music and everything else. This is a podcast mostly about everything else. Thanks for listening. I don't know plump like. How would you like your chicken described? Meaning uh, that it's big and full. Like, uh, how, how would you describe it? <laughs> like, Robust. I think that was... I, I like it to be described so that I can confuse it with, like, a uh, with uh, Lizzo. Like, that's that's what I want. Yeah. You, you know, big and beautiful. How would you describe bold. it? Bountiful? Bountiful? I don't know. It's just the way that... Robust? Plump, the way that plump starts and ends with a hard peach. It's kind of... I'm kind of out on it. It doesn't make me hungry. I'll tell you that. Two plosive consonants to start and end. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on that. Um, girthy. It's girthy. Like a g- girthy chicken. Like a what? moist, plump chicken. It's happening. It's moist is so, it's a completely different world than plump. I don't know why moist keeps getting brought into for like plump. Uh, because people, a lot of people hate the word moist. It bothers them. Have yeah, but chicken that? should be because, pretty moist. Because moist is actually, <laughs> it's describing two different things. There are things that can be plump that are really good that if they were moist, it's really gross. Okay, what's a, what's a, what's the thing that should be plump but not moist? Uh, an <laughs> apple. Okay, well, I wouldn't call an apple. I would apple. call an apple plump. Uh, an uh, an apple plump should be moist. And it should moist. be crisp. <laughs> it, it can't be plump and crisp. Those it are is. opposite. It no, but you want, a, okay. you want a moist apple. Right. You don't want a uh, no. dry apple. I'm falling on my sword for this one. <laughs> now Apples I'll are plump a... and they're crisp. They're not plump. <laughs> a peach is plump. It, if it's if it crisps, it can't be plump. You've eaten the wrong apples your whole life. <laughs> is all I'm saying. As long as it's not mealy, I'll eat it for sure. Dude, seriously, you go to the apple. Maybe maybe apple orchards are wimp orchards. Dude, no no no, big old here. yeah, big old plump apples what, from the uh, orchard. That's yeah. what I'm saying. When I was I a kid and I went to the plump. apple orchard, yes, it they are. Science. I'm, I'm looking up the definition. But see, I also plump. would call an apple moist because it's so juicy. Right, but the ones that I like are the more dry, like sort of more complex, like a, with a like little a, bit of like bitterness. A green, yeah, like a, more of the green world. Yeah, um, there's some red ones that are have that dry. Yeah. Like they're usually like a like going towards green. Those ones that like they're kind of pinkish with a. Usually, like a no, a pink lady's sweet. What's the gala? Is that one of the? I don't. That, I'll be honest. I I'm not. I don't remember. All I think the, gala is the one that's like kind of an in between. Um, plump, well filled out or rounded in form, somewhat fleshy or fat. Sounds like an apple to me. Fleshy? No, that's like a peach or something. Like Dude, peaches. Need to take a hike. <laughs> I love that it can only be either an apple or a peach. It can't plump couldn't possibly they describe both. both. They absolutely, <laughs> a tomato would, can both. be plump. Anything sure. that's soft yes. can be, but anything that's hard that has a crunch to it, to me, is it can't. I be I wouldn't plump. use the word plump to describe a roll. 
It's, but this is why when the haiku is a role, I, I have a, a better command of, of the language. That's just the truth at this point. So you're saying that we've 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 suffered because You've I limited use the yourself word, to the I wouldn't use the word plump, plump in the last seven records. Like that's the problem. <laughs> I should have used the word plump more. Uh, I, I, way, I do no one thinks like, I'm going to write better lyrics than you, but haikus. <laughs> I don't know. There's some evidence to back it up. <laughs> the numbers are on your side. That's right. I, I uh, by the way, I just had to type in definition book because I couldn't think of the word dictionary. <laughs> definition book. I like that. Definition. I still want to know what to call a, a a a set of chicken wings that are more robust than like a real like lightly chicken. Here I'm just saying, wing. I could describe a thousand yummy chicken dinners to you. It would never occur to me to use the word plump because I find it distasteful. So I don't know, like. I would say it's juicy. I would say it's well prepared. I would say that you know, plump like, is not talking about its juiciness or how it's prepared. I'm asking, what would you use to describe how how full what, it is? What would make it so? To me, it's like what makes a chicken. Every chicken breast is just what it is. Like, how would you know which one is plump? It's like that one's bigger chick- than. I would just say that wait, one's wait, bigger wait, than the on. other. You would one. say where, something where, like, "When did we start talking the, about chicken breasts? We're talking about chicken wings." And I'm I would saying, just say those are bigger than those chicken wings. They're bigger than they're not small crappy ones. I okay, would use sorry. the word. I would you, say, you would use many words instead of one word. <laughs> and and I admit out of a out of just a personal distaste for the word. You would just describe it in a sentence instead of a word. So you're not saying the thought of it I've, being I've plump. You're just saying for some sure. reason this word is weird to you. Well, I just hold to the traditional definition that it only applies to peaches. So I would never use it when talking about chicken. Like that's just. You're yeah. out of your lane, you know. I'm. I bet if we did some kind of like definition word search or definition book search of uses definition of, books <laughs> of like plump and whether it describes peaches or chicken okay, more. I I'm bet, gonna search. I bet it describes chicken more. I'm gonna I look bet it's up. Been used in that word. In that I'm looking up things that are plump. Let's see what comes up. Okay. Oh, the first thing is about Botox. Uh, <laughs> that's not. Maybe I should look up images, like what plump things. Food. Uh, plump food. Plump food seems maybe more the route to go. So I'm seeing lips. I and remember strawberries me and, and Nate one butt. time had had a very brief discussion about how we both felt very confident in our googling skills. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's like a really quick like. Do you think you're like really good at that? And I'm like, I kind of think so. Wait, explain uh, to me what you mean because I don't understand. Like the like, ability to know what should be typed in to get the right result. Sometimes you like you, definition book. Yeah, right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we do? Can we do a? Can we do a contest somehow of this? Not really. A contest of what? Of like to see who's oh, better. Oh, who's better? I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that I'm better. Um, I just feel really good about it. I usually don't. It doesn't take me long to get to. It's also subjective because it's the idea that you have a question in your mind yes. and you want to find the answer quickly, and it's. So you like how well are you able to like communicate between your mind and what you put into the Google search? Because sometimes, right, you know, you start with something simple and you're not going to even get close to what your actual question is. And sometimes you type out the whole big long question and it's so convoluted that it's never going to bring you to the right answer. So, and so um, it's easier to just write pretzels, Kanye, Florida. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then it gets you, know, you the exactly exact, yeah. do, the exact wait, story do, that I'm looking for. Do either of you have an example of something that you felt a little proud of yourself because you fig- you found it on Google? No, not really. I just feel no. like I'm I'm consistently good at getting results that I don't. It doesn't bring me any pride at this point. <laughs> but you mean kind of like your your musical ability? It just well, comes. I, that brings me pride, but. <laughs> but like it happens I've regularly. I'm like, oh, I'm pumped that I just nailed it because it's like okay, that know, doesn't really happen for me. So maybe Jeremiah's even better at it. <laughs> maybe, I ne- maybe there's a, n- I think a next level. I, I almost I feel like being better at it would mean you'd be less pumped every time. It's just like whenever I have this like foggy like say a quote in my head of like not even a quote but in a concept of a quote. Like I know I've heard a quote about this, and I can figure I can like put together three words and find it you know that's the stuff i get like excited about mm, yeah um i can't think it doesn't really hit you until you watch someone who's really bad at it do it then you're like oh uh, no like that'll never you i know, have if a, you're talking to somebody and then they're like oh let me just google it and they google something and you're like no way you're never gonna get the answer you're looking i for. i have a story on that that i think will blow your both your minds um i'm down it probably won't but it blew my mind and now that I've lived long I enough, I have a ripe like, mind for the blowing. That shouldn't have blown my mind. This was in college. I had a professor, a professor of um, psychology, I believe. Um, an older lady, very, very, very boring, very dry. Uh, I did not respect that she had anything to teach me at all, which uh, was probably 50% valid and 50% like me being a young idiot. But she pulled her screen open and you know, it goes on to the projector. Mm-hmm. She pulls up the internet and it's, um, yahoo.com. She goes in the search bar at Yahoo and types in Google <laughs> <laughs> to get to google.com. At which point she typed in the search bar. Liberty unit. Backspace all the way through, capital L, Liberty, capital U, <laughs> University, enter, click the top link for liberty.edu to get to a, her school's Whoa. website. Dang. <laughs> I, That's just like complete like, dude, I technological was like, illiteracy. <laughs> it's another level. Another yeah. level. I remember it was only a few years ago when I realized the internet was literally a bunch of wires going everywhere. And there's like, wires running under the ocean to make it happen i was like whoa this is crazy it's what are you gonna do i i'm i'm still like on a i don't some days i'm like yeah it's so good that we can all connect and have such access and learn and then other days i'm like uh, it's destroying it i don't i don't i wonder like what the the break point is on the value of it like I, i i can't figure it out maybe there's not an easy answer maybe there isn't we sort of have the same like burden of it's like it's like if you were born before like cars were invented mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah. there are tons of people who are saying like this is going to ruin our entire world like yeah these monstrosities that you know they'll they you know they they obviously do good things and but there's obvious things that you're going to lose mm-hmm. yeah well and some people would argue and, that they have like that they're you know Killing the environment slash like I saw right. just a picture the other day. It was like it was like a downtown area, but everywhere there was road, it looked like a giant chasm, and it was just planks like where the walk w- w- sidewalks would be. And it was like all the space we've given up to cars. Like it was illustrating like 
how we've rebuilt our society around it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, or like the printing press. I got to think about that. Like when people could print any idea they want and circulate it so people could think about their ideas. Somebody must have been like, oh, this is the best thing and this is da- – I guess it's just all we would do with it. I just wonder what the yeah. net value is in like is it doing more harm or or more good? And I guess, yeah, my point is that I think that's what people always – anytime there's like a serious society shifting change that brings the question of – was this worth it? Is you know, mm-hmm. I think with the car right now, we would all say, well, there are certainly bad things, but no one wants to go back to <laughs> not right. having that type of transportation at our disposal. Yeah, you know. So, and I think the internet is the same thing. Yeah, unless in fifty it, or, years, or it will be. Like, it will certainly will be thought of that way. Like, obviously, yeah. there's some terrible things that have like happened, and like some terrible like negative effects. To society as a whole but like the reality is like everyone is we've shrunk the world down and made yeah. it so much, so much more accessible and yeah i think and that's certainly, wonderful yeah for for a lot of people who are like less you know privileged that's changed their lives like mm-hmm. so much it's crazy it's yeah it comes down to net you know what i mean like and in in i that's where it's like it has to come to an individual thing like if you can find no value in it it's almost as though you're being contrarian mm-hmm. um but if you think there's no issues with it and it couldn't possibly be negative in your life then that's probably even worse to oh, me oh man i i don't know anyone who says that but that would be pretty well there uh, are people who take. don't even think about it they just live that way like, oh, this would never hurt me. I'll just have my phone. I'll just be on my phone anytime I can. Like, for sure, people live that way. Like the average fifteen-year-old, so they, they live. They live as though it won't hurt sure. them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, or or um, they can't even comprehend. They just don't even think about that. It's it's literally they're becoming. And I'm not meaning this in like a apocalyptic sense, but it's becoming a part of the existence, like almost like a cyborg. Like for a kid, for a mm-hmm. kid who's grown up today, it's like. That's a part of the way that they encountered the, well, that's, the world. That was like Elon Musk's thing. It was like, we're already cyborgs. Like, you just have to accept that. Like, we're just not quite wired in yet. Right. We're just wirelessly cyborgs. I mean, and, and, you know, all that to be said, like, obviously, almost every person I know is able to use the internet without exploiting anyone or trafficking child porn or, you know, taking advantage yeah. of anyone financially. But, uh, and that's not to say that I don't think that it isn't, but, on the other side, it's like, yeah, people, one person can do a lot. Of, like, think about all that's been done to personal freedom of privacy by a few people. Right. And, and who even, honestly, I think mean well. You know, it's just creating, we're usually, right. obviously the ethics are usually behind techno- behind the technology as far as figuring out, like, how we should. Yeah, ethics are usually responding, you know. I right. mean, that's kind of the mm-hmm. idea is that it's responding to, you know. And I, I just feel is. like with with – with the internet and technology and everything, and we're already seeing some of it, but like when I, you know, we were talking about printing press or whatever, like there's always going to be a generation of people who go like this rots the next generation's mind and they're going to just be lazy, mindless fools. And that's what people think that all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. even like, the invention of <laughs> film is like, oh, well, now right. people will, won't be well-read and they won't be... I think things balance out in a way that we forget about 
So that's me being right. as optimistic as I can be. Because yeah. obviously, like, yeah, just staring. Like, I, I try to be really aware of, like, sitting on my phone. And I try to set my phone down. But then I get in trouble because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't respond to things. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, so, and that, there, therein lies a massive issue. Who could be issue. on the other end of that? <laughs> we, we talk about, like, well, nobody thinks that way. But it's like, yeah, but if you don't respond, do people get upset? If you don't respond within a day, you know? Um, do people expect like, we don't even live in very demanding like worlds. There are worlds in which like you have to be available at all times. You know what I mean? Like pretty consistent, like that's pretty common, you know, Mm -hmm. that the expectation is your phone is on, it's with you, you're available. Um, and like, okay, yeah. If you take your week of vacation off, we'll like, we're generous by like letting you have that week right thing. Like that's the generous move. Whereas for, for some, it's not even that, like you're still kind of on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. And I I believe in, I I believe we're going to figure it out. I believe in redemption and progress, obviously. So I don't think it's like, I'm not a Luddite who's like, we need to, we need to burn that to the ground and abandon it. Yeah. But it's like, Figuring it out. No, but there is some like reining in, right? I mean, that, for sure. Like, that's the the idea. It's not like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it's you know recognizing as early as we can, like, hey, this is an issue. Let's you know cut this off. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it seems like uh, I mean, a, at least a rule of thumb for me is that I don't I don't want to cognizantly anything besides like food and water. And uh, I'm sure a few other things I could list. Like, I don't want anything else to have control over me. Um, I want to be able to to manage those right. things and for them to be able to be valuable tools and not addictions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything in my life that, that I'm losing control over is a, not a healthy thing. But I do see a lot of people, especially younger people, who don't even perceive. When I hear them say something like, oh, I could never go without my phone for 24 hours. In my yeah. head, I'm like, oh, that's concerning. you know. Right. But I also don't see the the world the way they do like i've i've been you know i being like i remember getting my first email like i remember that being but are you for like are you for uh having an an age on tobacco you know yeah which is potentially could we could find out that it's not even as bad as technological addiction oh i'm sure yeah i i would Um, bet it's not you know what i mean and so um that doesn't feel extreme to to control how much a 16 year old i I wasn't meaning to comment specifically on on young people i was just using them as an example for how they relate no i'm using it as an example too of like like there could there we could end up decide realizing like oh we've got to actually do seemingly drastic things that will be normalized in 10 years yeah to like you know to kind of reign what i see as a major issue and i think plenty of psychologists have started to kind of get on board with this idea that like, Hey, this tech, like there's an issue with technology and screens mm-hmm. um, and what it's doing to people physiologically and psychologically, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of the main things you need to, <laughs> that, that really sells it is the fact that so many like people who are like super high up in the tech industry do not let their kids. Yes use oh that yeah stuff. that is fascinating that like, like that's that's where you're like okay well that's is extremely it, telling isn't it well, well i wonder if that's that if that was also true of tobacco i would be curious to know I, i'm not 
I've never really tra- tried to draw a one to one correlation. Tobacco's there. just had such a long history. Like, I mean, you have to think like technology had what, like 15 years before people were like, well, they, like specifically like the internet, right? Yeah. I mean, people were always decrying the internet, but I, I think like tobacco was not stigmatized for so long, right? Like, right. like I mean, I don't even have a good number, but over a hundred years at yeah. least you know what i mean like of and 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 that's just a mo- in a modern Do sense you think like, though there probably were people decrying it right yeah of course like even in the 60s you know when the major breakthrough came like mm-hmm. to the public eye there were still people who were saying like this is bad for you whatever yeah. you know um but i do think like publicly the like opinion was yeah. not super negative towards it um, it feels yeah. like to me, maybe I'm wrong. It feels like tobacco in many ways is the linchpin for how we as a culture deal with things like that. Now we are way more way. We, we point to tobacco and like, remember how we used to think that was okay for so long that this could be that. And we're like more easily able to quickly get there. <clears throat> maybe. I don't know. Which is what I mean. We, we, well, we that's still the haven't... way. And that's the way progress works is like are you saying like just keeps it, it's, faster it's faster the example faster. of something that's been successful because i think there's a lot of examples of things that haven't been successful right like like narcotics or alcohol or whatever like those things we didn't we still don't handle like in a in very <laughs> efficient way or whatever like right know. um uh well, I, I, I'm not sure if that's like speaking necessarily to um, I, I think what, what I'm suggesting is that if you can if you can easily draw a correlation between something that you think is going to be an issue and cigarettes, it's easy. It's more easily you can more easily get to that point where culture is on board with like, yeah, this is an issue um, mm-hmm. because we have that example of like, let's not wait. Well, I guess honestly, hundreds of years, thousands of years that people were smoking, but like, I don't know how long the cigarette tobacco industry is. Yeah, around. that that's what I don't know. Like right. a modern cigarette, like that you yeah. buy in a pack. Like I don't know how long that's been. But like, you've got to think like at least to the twenties. You know, it was starting to become fashionable. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so do we want to wait decades to like really get on board and make whether it's legislation or at least really stigmatize this. Yeah, but there's there's um, so little to the point that to the point that a 15-year-old would actually be like think about using the thing <laughs> which is what happens with cigarettes, you know. That's true, but there's there's um, so little upside to cigarettes besides people making money off them compared to the internet, right? Like it's not a one-to-one correlate. Like like taking like saying like, "Oh, we should just make it so that like yeah. obviously this isn't going to happen, but saying like no one can use the internet till they're 14 and even then it's like yeah. they get limited by hours till they're 21. Yeah. But like still it's like it it it's very different than cigarettes in the sense that it has such an obvious value. Um, yeah. I mean yeah, Nate, if you're trying to get Jeremiah to to, to make a strong statement against narcotics, he's just not going to do that. Like it, it's just <laughs> not Is that the goal? Yeah. No, not 100%. No, I was just <laughs> using that as an example yeah. of like a modern like problem that does not have a, a like elegant solution, you know. I'm not saying there isn't an elegant solution. It's just like well, both you know. but both of those scenarios, like 
there has been legislation. Whether or not the legislation is right is is one thing, but there's legislation concerning both things where there's... Well, you could say that smoking has moved in the right direction pretty easily, right? Well, yeah, because... Like via Again, I'm, I'm just like, the more we can move to completely eliminating it, it seems like the right call. Well, it's never going to be completely eliminated. Ever. Like... Yeah, because I mean, it'll just be a cool thing to buy tobacco and roll your own cigarettes, and that'll cool, cool yeah. people will. T- I mean, yeah, I know it sounds like I'm just saying cool people smoke, but it's, uh, <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, we could talk about what ca- will happen versus what you know should happen. You know what I mean? Like, well, what I'm, I'm like, saying is, be, like, there, there's no, there's no situation where, like people stop consuming tobacco like there's right there are plenty of illegal things that people still consume right so even if you made it illegal which i don't think they're gonna do and it doesn't really make total sense you know like i don't know i i'm i'm more on the fence that it doesn't make sense to make those things illegal if you want to do it if people want to do those things they're gonna do them right like yeah, 100%. you don't think it would potentially I don't think there's uh, any evidence to prove that making those things illegal stops anything. No, like uh, obviously making it illegal for kids helps because you the kids already have a limited like access and power to like actually get a hold of those things. Yeah. So that is effective, but making it illegal for adults, an adult can just do whatever they want. Right. right? But would you what are the numbers I'm curious on like if marijuana usage has gone up in states that have now legalized it i'm sure it has gone up but okay what when you really but uh, like how do you even um how do i word this how, how how do you even get a realistic number on the illegal usage like like how would how would any one entity be able to understand that this is how many people illegally use marijuana <laughs> like, right. it's not it's not possible to do like I'm sure oh, they fill out their census. No, I mean no, no. no. I mean <laughs> yeah. I. I think the same way we get any numbers on a on. By the way, like to call marijuana usage a legal action is like. It, it, I don't care about it's it. It's so but, silly. Yeah. But it is illegal, right? It, it has been for a long time. Not not everywhere on a state level. Not everywhere now. But my yeah. point is that like, it has been for a long time, and it's now legalized. We for sure there have been polls taken on how many people smoke marijuana or have, and you can like look at those numbers and you can, you'll, we'll, we'll be able to compare those. Right. They're I'm not going to be a hundred percent accurate. The, yeah. They're not going to be accurate ever, but that's, but almost every poll ever is not a hundred percent. That's the point of polling is it gives right, you a, right. a rough idea and you can say, Oh, like, by the way, if the numbers showed a 200% increase, my guess is there's an increase. Maybe it was for sure. Only 150, I, I think but it would be very you know. easy to say there has been an increase. The number that would be interesting to me would be how many people who had never like used marijuana before, like started or or whatever after the legalization. Right? Isn't how many people had never before? Like, here, I you know. I bet there's a like a good percent like i bet there's yeah, a decent I'm, I'm number i'm saying there know? is probably a number but i don't think it's well uh, as, like a, as a case study like if if someone if i've been talking to a friend and about some uh like being stressed out or something and he said oh you know what you should try it. you should smoke a little marijuana sometimes it'll calm you down that would not have been on the table for me if i had lived in a state that that was illegal now 
if I was talking to a friend I trusted a lot and lived in a state where it was legal, and I was saying, yeah, I'm kind of stressing about these things, and they said, oh, you know what helps me? I jog and I smoke weed once a week. Like, I would, it would be on the, t- I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to do it for other reasons, but I, it's something I would consider. So I look at myself and go, oh, it yeah. being legal does change the conversation. Yeah, I, I, we're, we all agree on that. I'm just right. saying, I don't think that's a huge number. I think it's a uh, like I think I think it's a the, sizable number. It's just not like I think insane. probably what's what's more likely, Nate, is the people who maybe did it a little bit in high school or college, but are just like I've got too much to risk. But if it was legal, it's like oh, that's back on the table now. Um, I bet that's oh, the, for sure. the largest yeah. number of increase is that number. Like, hey, I'm. I'm a doctor. I'm not going to risk losing well, that. There, yeah, now, there's just an know, idea that you could safely do, like, yes. you know, partake in that. Like, and I don't without, have to get into some weird find the person and be sketchy about it or whatever, you know. Um, 100%. Yeah. So um, it just, yeah. So I, 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 like, to me, I'm, I like, being somebody who doesn't partake in tobacco, I'm just like, yeah, like, I don't see the upside of, of, keeping it around as like something that we like promote or like, it seems like it only causes bad, you know, um, talk about cigarettes again. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. To, tobacco, um, uh, potentially like, I think the only argument to be made is economics. I think that's literally the only argument I can think to make. Uh, Oh yeah. There's, there's not a great argument for keeping, like tobacco right. as it doesn't like a, make sense the legislation on that doesn't make sense when you compare it to weed or something that's like way less harmful it's just right. uh, it's silly to to the way we how crazy you are with laws with with um with weed uh or or even shrooms or something and and something more devastating uh we it, it's completely le- so it, i that's where i'm like it doesn't make sense that right. we that it is legal, right? No, I'm, I'm, I well, I'm more on the other side. It doesn't make a sense that the other stuff is illegal. Yeah, you know? I just don't think the I don't think making those things illegal is is a powerful like yeah. tool for like I certainly don't think it's powerful tool for like uh, helping people in re- like actually recover from addiction and stuff. Like it doesn't help them. <laughs> ever (laughs) like it's absolutely not helpful so uh that's to me that's the biggest factor is like well the people who struggle with with these things like they're you know you making it illegal have you've you only serve to hurt those people so and that's what that's why i really believe strongly in the other direction but the um you know uh, i do think like for for tobacco and stuff like my my opinion on it is is more like I would not be surprised if in our lifetime we see basically all the major like tobacco companies, cigarette companies, like just basically go away, you know, or become what, weed companies. Could be, yeah, yeah. They could they could audible and become something else, or mm-hmm. or move into you know I don't know the the like the whole like vapor thing vaping thing i that don't know seems like it's gonna go away like that like... yeah it doesn't seem like it's got a very good reputation either mm-hmm. so and it doesn't seem like the solution so i don't know what i don't know what the next thing is but as far as like 
people smoking cigarettes or something yeah. like a cigarette that's not going anywhere like people are going to do that forever for sure because yeah. there there's posters of james dean with you know like, yeah but like, in our lifetimes we went from like uh you know smoking or non-smoking to now right. like yes entire states say it's not even legal to allow smoking indoors anywhere and so like yeah. like it it's moving the direction of you know, for all intents and purposes, it's moving the direction of like making it very difficult to smoke. Um, and maybe they won't just say it's illegal, but it will be like, it's legal, but try to figure out where to do it. Cause you can't right. do it. Like do, do I, I, I would love for it to be illegal on streets and on parks. Cause it sucks to be walking with a baby and there's somebody smoking there and sure, they might yeah. turn their head and do the best they can and try to be nice about it, but it still sucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. It's not just a personal effect. Um, and yeah, then, I, like, to know that like, there's no, there's no problem with like you, you, you. It's not illegal to smoke while you're pregnant, or if you have little children in your house. Like, this is like how how like I'm okay with people doing it if they somehow do it where it only affects themselves. <laughs> But that one's a really hard one to do that with. Yeah, that's you know? where it gets into real tricky with like, it, you know, smoking affects people around you to some degree. And oh yeah, yeah. And no, I mean it's <laughs> it's like that's the stuff that's like, gosh, this is like, how do we just get like eradicate it from culture? But I think a lot of that is like, there's so there's still so many people who have been smoking their entire life, right? That are like don't want and almost all of them are like it's yeah. worth it until they get really bad cancer and they're like that wasn't and even worth then it. it's like and there's also plenty of people who are trying really hard to get off of it and right. are really proud when they do sure because they recognize yeah. like and this is a I, this is a money suck and this is like i think almost it's definitely hurting poor people the most you i feel know? like almost everybody i know who smokes is either uh either in the position of like i've decided i don't care or like they're they're young enough that they're not thinking about it, or they're old enough that it's like too late now. I don't think about it anymore. It's just a thing I do. But I feel like the majority of people I know are like kind of embarrassed and feel bad about it, and just mm -hmm. are having a really hard time. St I mean, everyone I know. That I think I'm, that is the primarily the the kind of people we're around. Yeah, is my I mean, guess. They, but they but it's because they become convinced because of the way that it's right. been reframed in the last fifty years that oh, this yeah. is a bad choice. I'm sp I'm spending yeah. a lot of money. I'm being unhealthy. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. It might have something to do with the fact of some of the people that I spend time with. Uh, I, like, I feel but, like most, dude, most people I know. Walking, in, walking into a smoky bar for a show. It's the best feeling. Pretty yeah. good smell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super nostalgic for that. Like, oh, from gosh. being a kid, from a teenager. And yeah. Just like, yeah. Speaking yeah. of things we're nostalgic for, we got a top five, Maya? Oh, yeah, man. man. I'm, I don't know. I like this one. Top, we did top four today. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're yeah, slacking a little four. bit. Trimming the fat, you know. To be fair, um, I've I've stopped concerning myself with who gave who gave them to us. Shout out to you on a, the Discord server <laughs> for whoever gave I'll this to us. Up. But I thought it was I think it was Ethan um, again gave us this great one. Uh, best album for each season, and uh, he did some bonus one. We're not doing the bonus. Bonus. I think he just did a good album for the whole, whole year. Okay. So I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I'll go first because I'll be honest. Like, I, I thinking about this today was a bit of a revel revelation. I know we talk a lot about how that when I listen to something, I get obsessed. But I'm realizing mm -hmm. more now that like, there's pretty much only 
like what four I'm four albums that you listen to. <laughs> there's, no, there's like there's like there's like basically what I'm listening to in the last of the last two years, whenever that is, that is like inspiring me. That's new to me that I'm trying to understand. Mm. And then there's nostalgia. Everything else. I mean, I I don't listen to, um, I don't listen to them all in a nostalgic way. But I don't listen to if a record's ten years old, I'm not going to listen to it that much. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be on a long drive or something. Like. I just whatever I'm listening to in my own time, it's like it's whatever. It's like three or four records at a time, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think about things in seasons because I don't go, oh, it's fall. Other than like I, that was what I liked about this one is I was like I haven't thought of that, and I don't think as a band we've ever. I don't talked think about that it. way. Yeah, I mean I do about you know Christmas, but so I just try to think of the first <laughs> album I thought of with every season, and it generally has to do with like that being new at the time. So. Um, mm-hmm. Winter, I remember very specifically becoming obsessed with Blood Bank by uh, Bon Iver. Uh, was the first thing. I didn't really like the acoustic record as much. I can totally see why it's amazing, but it just wasn't my thing. But that that one whole winter, I was just really just that song, but the whole record just captured me whenever it came out. Um, and I still love it. Uh, spring would be made me think of the moon is down. It came out I think in the spring or I got it in the spring. I remember cutting a lot of grass to it and just being like super obsessed with it. Uh, just trying to understand. Summer for me is about pop music. I, that's when I want to mm-hmm. like tune into pop music, whatever that is. Like I tend to be more aware of it. And nothing terribly came to mind. I know this really isn't exactly pop music, but. In my in my brain, it fills the same space. Was uh, "Hurried Up or Dreaming" by M83. That record is just like put it on at night in the summer, long mm-hmm. drive. I feel like I listen to it on tour a lot at night. That's pop music, dude. Yeah, sure. it is. Yeah. I mean, M83 is is that's what we should do next: is night music versus day music. Uh, M83 is some solid. It night is. Music. It's, it's jam night music. And then uh, for fall, I just the first thing I thought of was um, uh, "Explosions in the Sky." Um, Oh, what's the record with Birth and Death of a Day on it? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, this is, I should have. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. Um, <coughs> all of a sudden, I miss everyone. Is that it? I think so. I'm looking it up. Um, that record, I just remember it playing a lot at our house in Charlotte. And um, yeah. I feel like we really. I've been thinking a lot about that record recently. It, it came across. Um, yeah, it's uh, It's all of a sudden, I miss everyone. Um, it. it it came across my mind when thinking about this, but it didn't make the cut for any of them. Yeah, it was like kind of like the record. I remember being on a lot, and I remember yeah. we kind of moved there in spring. We were there in summer, but fall is when we kind of when we were like getting our mm-hmm. feet under us. So those are that's what I got. What do you guys got? That was gonna. That was a. That was one of my options for the winter. Uh, that's where my head went, but uh, it didn't make it. I'll go next uh, for winter. I've got um, Oblivion Hymns by Hammock. Oh yeah, man, and yeah, for sure. For spring, I don't think this is uh, a surprise to anyone who knows me at all through being cool by Saves the Day. I always mark spring by the first day I can roll my window down uh, when I'm driving, Mm. and that's the record that I play going on like, you know. I mean, no one. What if it's a hot day in December? Hey, that's it, man. Um, or January, more likely. Yeah, exactly. Indian summer, he's gonna blast it. You know what? It would it would really throw me off if I did move to like Jamaica or something at some point. It's like, man, I don't get that anymore. You know, you just have to listen to it all um, year. God forbid. You still don't right. really get like real heavy season changes. 
It's not like where too we, crazy. Oh yeah, we do in where Kentucky, dude. It gets cold. It's really cold here. You get you do get all four. Same as Virginia. We just don't you get, get much snow, but well. it gets like zero. Um Dude, the Ain't other no day, the other snow. day it was uh, it was cold here, and we were talking about Maine, and I was like, "Yeah, just imagine how cold it is there." We pulled up a, a national map. the 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 way The coldest spot on the whole map was over Kentucky. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was like, "That's so strange. That's wild." It was like sixty four here, and up to like eighty four over in Maine. Mm. Um, summer, a similar vibe to you as far as like pop music. Uh, I went with. Omni by Minus the Bear. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know that one. Is that one? It's good? not my favorite. I love it. Must it. Be. It's a, it it's must much be. poppier. It's much less like cool indie it rock. It was between that and Infinity Overhead. Uh, actually, you, to be honest, like um, Voids, the very last one. I wanted that to be it, but it was 2017. I was like, I really want to go with something that I've been listening to longer. Their last so. couple of records, okay. Nate, sound like they they knew if they could just be a little bit poppier and get a little bit of pop money that they could really make a living at it like they were yeah. i don't I, th- I don't think they were uh compromising themselves it that? just sounds that way i don't think it succeeded no it didn't uh, it i didn't. was gonna say i'm pretty sure like the last time i saw them was like their peak but like i think their peak was planet uh, of ice planet of ice but yeah that's what i'm saying that's the i last still time think I like I really I listened to some of the later the albums after that a lot more than that album. Like mm. Lost Loves might be my favorite of their albums, um, mm. but I just dig it. I mean, it's just right. It's just my vibe. And then Fall, another Boney Bear, the self titled, so good. That That's my fall. It's a perfect record. That I like that. It's record just more, he's but. so moody. It's hard to not put him in the I almost, conversation. I almost it's said just almost impossible. His last record for summer because it came out last summer. And it was so oh, much yeah. happier. It was so much more joyful, uh, except for a couple songs that I was like, "Man, that's all I listened to last summer." Yeah. Nate, what about you? Okay. Spring, we've got uh, Wilco's "Sky Blue Sky." Oh, all right. He's a cool guy. Looks cool wonderful, uh, wonderful spring record. Summertime, we're gonna do uh, the album "Blood." By Leanne Lahavas, which is really good. I don't know that one. Yeah, everybody would like it in the world. It's <laughs> impossible to dislike. It's like super fun. You, like, you've talked about her before. She is pretty impressive. Yeah, I watched her. Yeah, quite a bit of her. But can we listen to it while it's not summer? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just it's it has pop sensibility on it, and it's got a lot of nice like sort of modern R and B like mm-hmm. vibes. But it's very it does have a very like sort of bright disposition and there's mm. a, there's but there's enough moments of like you know like for me summer isn't like i don't know i don't really like the bubblegum summer kind of like right vibe so to me this record is fits it a little bit better um but yeah everybody will like this record if you don't like it then i don't i really don't even know what i can do for <laughs> <laughs> it's so good and it's so easy to listen to and her voice is just like so smooth and awesome and it's dude it's so good um fall we're gonna go with uh the album that i've declared and the artist that i've declared as thanksgiving music which is neil (laughs) young and the album being harvest moon uh which is like not like a super cool neil young album to talk about because it's 90s neil young but it's like i love that record because it's almost like it's almost like 
Twin I didn't know that Peaks. was 90s. Yeah, like 92. Is I that think. the one with Sweet Caroline on it? Otherwise, I don't know anything about it. You know Harvest Sweet. Moon. <laughs> I don't think like, you. You know that song for sure. <laughs> we just had the Harvest Moon. You talking about Neil Diamond, my man? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know Neil Young's. I, I, know, like, I, know everybody's, I know everybody's impression of Neil Young way better than I know Neil Young. I've never actually listened to much Neil Young, honestly. I'll make Isn't you a playlist. He the, uh, drum? He's a drummer, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Neil, I think you're thinking of Neil Pert, my man. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> no, dude, I, Neil Young, he has the craziest, most prolific career, and he's literally done everything. But, like, but it's so hard to tell him apart from Neil Diamond, to be honest, if we were all admitting the <laughs> truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It it yeah. Depending on the ear, if Aaron the is being honest. There's, it's hard to tell him apart. You know, I, you know what I do feel like though? I feel like um, oh, what's his name? He uh, I always know his name, but I can't think of it right now because I'm trying to. He just died like last year. Wrote a billion number one hits. Rock and roll band. Like Dave Grohl looked up to him so much. Uh, Free Fallen. What's his name? Tom Petty. Yeah, I kind of always felt like like uh, at least what little, I mean, whatever I have heard of Neil Young, Neil. Young, I haven't enjoyed enough to like chase it down, but I've always felt like, oh, like there's a relation there of one of them being a much better pop songwriter and and like bending to the radio, and like there's a relation in the way they think about music, I think, but the difference being one's way more poppy, in my head Maybe. anyway. Tom Petty wishes he was Neil Young, most likely, I guess, but I think it's like I Neil think, Young. I has think Tom Petty was pretty happy being Tom Petty. Yeah, that's true. I y'all talking I, about Tom Papa? Tom Papa. <laughs> The thing about Neil Young that's crazy is, like, when you actually, like, get into him and, like, figure out, like, oh, he wrote this song, he did this, he did, it's it's insane. Like, the dude is literally Mm -hmm. insane. Like, spanning, like, seven decades of, like, music that you'll be like, whoa, that's, like, the best song of this decade. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it's just insane. Like, it's, he's so good. Um, And, yeah, it's just a whole rabbit hole of, like, diving in but i would say honestly probably not for aaron it's probably not an aaron thing is it fun and, 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 it, uh, and what be. he's saying is it's cool yeah. that's what he's saying it is cool for sure dude there's no doubt i mean he wrote rocking in the free world so he's got that going for him dude the, honestly the album live rust dude that has some serious freaking like grunge tunes on it man it's nuts the dude has the dude like got got so heavy on so many records that like are just deep in his discography it's so crazy mm. he's got weird like 80s rockabilly records that everyone hates and he's got like yeah he's got it all it's literally all there well, what's your what's your last one? Oh, uh winter i picked well i would normally pick just all christmas music i'm a christmas freak i love christmas music but i'm gonna go with uh the album Music Has the Right to Children by Boards of Canada. I just think that's like a super like chilling, cold, but like weirdly organic record that feels like wintertime to me. Okay. And I haven't thought about them in a long time. Definitely like probably one of my favorite That's records not the ever. album that I'm familiar with though. I'll have to check it out. I don't think. What? Maybe it is the one I'm familiar with. The only the only one I know I it was a burned copy. Oh, okay. Um Well, you you know what yeah. should be everyone's new favorite fall record? 
Is it sh- going to be Shane's record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it should be influenced by everything in slow motion. And I think right. we should give Shane a fair shot at convincing people that that they should listen to it. What do you guys think? I guess we can hear him out. Sounds like a plan. Well, I I hope I hope you guys have a full two hours because (laughs) Shane, do you have a do you have a a story that isn't two hours long? No, (laughs) it's so bad. It's so bad. I I'll call people with the intention of being like, just hit the highlights, just hit the highlights, just hit the highlights, and I talk, and it's just like an hour later. It's like yeah, so I didn't want to go into that much detail with you, man, but ugh. Every time, <laughs> I feel like you've you've always um like fully prepared me. Anytime a big, long, crazy story is gonna happen, I've I, I feel like I've improved a lot. Yeah. So, so maybe I I like avoided those years of you just being like, <laughs> yeah, I just got a quick thing to get off I, my I've chest. I've gotten a lot and better. Three hours later, I've gotten a lot better about it for sure. I feel like it starts with Shane Sanson like. Uh, he he gets that look like he's already ex- he knows he's going to be exhausting yeah and you're at, you've asked him something and then he says like he, he, here's the thing like he's clearly keying you up like you know you know what you're in for and i'm in for yeah. it you know i'm here for yeah. it i want Dude, it some people are along for the ride man and others I, but i feel like you're doing always, a good job of giving the, the cues you, yeah. you're doing a good job of giving the cues yeah you know? i'm also pretty good at reading who's not along for the ride <laughs> but i think that's important like if i think if you're yeah. someone like me yeah. that does that i think it's ultra important to recognize when you're punishing somebody and i i can pick up on that pretty early so i'll just be Do like you have some good examples of that i could not really but i could be saying like anything just blah 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 and yeah and then all yeah. of a sudden man i'm telling you I showed up at the dude's house and anyways, it doesn't matter. Whatever, dude, are you hungry? <laughs> like I can just yeah. <laughs> shut it down. I'll How quickly eject. can you figure out when you're being punished? Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see punishment walking towards me from 10 feet away. <laughs> Immediately. You have sort of a, a punisher magnet. Just, I don't know what it is about. Y- you. But... Yeah. It's kind of weird. I, yeah. I do get that. A lot. Speaking I, of punishing and stories, though, one of my favorite punishing stories is Shane punishing Jim Atkins. I don't want to talk yeah. about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> literally Jim, the hey, worst. Jeremiah, you mean Jim Atkins of Jimmy Eat World, his favorite Literally band? the worst stories. I think that's a story our the fans. one and only. <laughs> I don't think I I've ever talked well. about that uh, outside of uh, my circle of friends. That's dangerous <laughs> territory. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good that I know it. Yeah. You seemed very comfortable with yourself when you told it. Like, you seemed like you you're, you own it and you're comfortable with it. But it's because you know, it's taken if, time to come to terms with it and realize <laughs> what happened and that it ultimately doesn't matter so yeah. you know it's a bummer man i've punished <laughs> the same band multiple times so have you really yeah. well i have yeah, yeah really i guess that's where you were going with them. that so i've punished them a couple times dude yeah are we are we on right now is this happening this is it. okay this is so it. yeah I'm re- i'll hit it I'm i mean i'll i'll say it why not let's get started with this and let's see if he bails on it at any point like if we all you're not gonna lose get interest the, <laughs> i can't go like full story because it's come on just give it to the people they they need to know they need to know that a rock star can still be nervous i who like jim acting being nervous nervous. (laughs) choke him out or something i'm talking about you you midwest rock star yeah okay (laughs) sure bud yeah whatever you say uh no i so yeah admittedly jimmy world favorite band of all time has been for quite a while I'd say like a solid, like, I don't know, like 
14 to 15 years maybe and uh in 2010 they went out on this invented tour and it was the first time that i would ever see them they were playing in omaha and uh i don't remember what the venue's called this is the big place uh so call auditorium maybe did any of you guys ever play there or pass that place it was like omaha's mm-hmm. venue uh, i think we played omaha twice ever oh yeah nate and i ended up in omaha once at a oh, show yeah. that we ended up not playing because it wasn't oh, it, it didn't exist <laughs> speaking of old yeah. bands those are the best speaking of old best bands shows. and showing up and failing um but uh yeah it was like i just remember being super stoked because it was the first time i was ever going to get to see my favorite band like i had obsessed with oh, over this band for years and had just never had the opportunity to see them live because living in north dakota they just never ever came anywhere near there and then anytime that they would come to minneapolis there would always be some like oh well we're on the road or whatever like i missed the clarity 10-year tour to play a show in fargo which is one of my deepest deepest regrets i'm sure that those people there at our show maybe enjoyed it totally not worth (laughs) me missing the jimmy world clarity 10-year uh show at, at minneapolis in minneapolis um were you there were you there nate in minneapolis oh, i didn't i didn't go to that all right anyways nate's been to some cool shows in minneapolis that we've talked about you got to see oh, mew no in minneapolis yeah crazy but uh all right i'll stay focused um but yeah, this ladies and gentlemen is how those stories <laughs> take so long <laughs> see i realize it i'm counting it this is the third rabbit trail already i realize it but look, hey look how focused i'm staying though hey i'm, I'm not yeah, going to i'm in on all of it um i'm not going to right, so you were saying nate was nate saw mew go ahead focus on that yeah so dude here's the thing about mew uh i'm just kidding all right but uh yeah i'm just like ultra stoked like this is this is it and uh I remember showing up to Omaha. We showed up a few hours early. It was me and uh, two of my other friends. And we just happened to, uh, actually, <laughs> this is a funny story. Let me divert for just one second because it's actually kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cruel, I guess, but I, I think it's safe now. We went and ate lunch before we went to the, the show. Um, like I said, we got there pretty early. So we went and ate lunch at this sandwich shop. And I am not kidding, dude. Out of all the places on the face of the earth, we're sitting in this sandwich shop and the band, we see this van and trailer roll up to the sandwich shop. And all of us, you know, those three guys are just like, okay, I wonder like what, who this is. Like you, anytime you see a van and trailer, you're always wondering, right? Yeah. Could be yeah. your buds, could not be whatever. But out of the van walks the band, The Great Commission. <laughs> and former uh, former face down former face down band now i don't know these guys um to be honest wasn't a big fan of their music back in the day um was probably a little bit jaded about that whole thing at the time you were more of a death star guy to be honest uh, yeah truthfully <laughs> so anyways not wanting to discuss anything about anything i grab my sandwich and walk out the back door <laughs> <laughs> was this was this partially driven by like your nerves building up with the Jimmy like impending Jimmy World thing that's about to happen? It's possible, but I just was just kind of like, I have nothing to talk about. This is nope. This isn't gonna be good. I don't know what it is, but I, don't, I just this is a conversation. I just don't want it. I don't want it because what are we gonna do? Sit in the sandwich shop and just be like, so uh, 
I don't know. Yeah. I was just kind of like music. You gotta stay in the zone, man. I have a choice. It's gotta make you. It, I, it's gotta make you wonder as a as a fan how many sandwich shops you've walked into that Shane just ran out of. Probably you know? a like, lot. Yeah. This is the <laughs> this is the beauty though of not being the front man. I could be in a sandwich shop with ninety eight percent of anybody who's ever been on Face Down. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't know. Like we could, you know, I could totally fly under that radar. Right. Sure. Right. No, I, I, I'm. I. I met them a handful of times before that and they were like super nice people i just like i just mm -hmm. i knew that i had nothing to say and i knew that we had no like i didn't want to talk about music or face down or anything i'm just like i gotta go sandwich <laughs> out the door back to the jimmy Eat world store i just always thought that, that was funny that like such a <laughs> random coincidence like the yes. label mates or whatever you know and then you just like oh god exit out the door that's it but anyways uh so yeah, we go back to the venue and we were just kind of like chilling on the sidewalk, hanging out and Jim Atkins walked out of the back door of the venue. And for me, this is kind of like the first, like, I don't his know. His hair looked perfect. I didn't know. Like, I didn't perfect? know. Like, I never thought that it would perfectly be perfectly messy though. It's always a little his, bit. His it's hair is always, fall. it's been sweaty a little bit, you know, it's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. And like, it's, it's amazing. I didn't know how, I guess I never, ever imagined myself like, like getting giddy over something you know what i mean i'm always just like well i mean everyone's just band dudes it's whatever you know you know we all blah blah blah, blah. we all like i'm a part of that club but yeah. anyways uh but i just got this like oh my god it's jim madkins just walked out that door and i'm like talking to my friends and he's just by himself and it's this empty parking lot and like a total <laughs> asshole just i go hey jim and it's like <laughs> already already did, did you feel it like coming out of you like you couldn't stop it strike one yeah already i'm just like how could you you know what i mean like <laughs> how dare you and he looks over and he's wearing this corduroy jacket you know and I, i've got i've got a picture of of from that that uh that little scene or whatever but uh that's what it was it was a scene a scene of an accident <laughs> and uh but we like like there's this moment where like I'm walking towards him and he's walking towards me in this empty parking lot. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's like really happening. I'm meeting this guy. And I just uh, heard the intro piano from don't stop believing. For like, sure. Dude. Like, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it could have been anything like anything like that, but uh, yeah, we get together <laughs> and I'm like, what's up dude. And like, <laughs> how's it going and like the thing is like with him like he's super cool um but he's also like like he doesn't like meet you in the middle with conversation which i didn't mm -hmm. expect so like if you if you're someone like me who, unless you're like a little girl in the middle of the ride like then he will there you go dude ah, i didn't even think about that um good call aaron but, i'm a dad now Good call. You're on. You're doing good things. Uh, I'm just so embarrassed. <laughs> but straight up, it's like he doesn't like. Like you're not just. I don't know. You know, like when you talk to new people, like you can usually you try to find some sort of common ground if you really want to, and maybe that's just it. He didn't want to, but uh, it was super awkward, and so I find myself trying to like scramble for some sort of question or something. And like a moron, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, so uh, 
You gonna play anything from uh, Static Prevails tonight? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing worse than that because it, it, it's social diary. You're trying dude. to say so many things. Like, you're trying to say, like, well, first of all, I know what that record is, and I, I'm aware, yes. and I've been a fan yeah. for. You're, it's like it's just the worst. Like, and you know damn well they're not gonna play anything from that record. I hope right. they wouldn't. And anything off that record. Hey, dude, that's a good record, man. You watch your mouth. That's fine. Um, it's fine. Every other record they've done since is better. So, <laughs> it's true. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's just this moment of embarrassing yourself, and then. You just and you suffer just through it. You're expecting to be like, "Wow, you know that record? Like, can we?" Go I wasn't to that even expecting earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. I wasn't even <laughs> expecting anything like that. I was just expecting like, like, "Oh, cool, man. You know, that's awesome." And uh, yeah, where are you from? Like, some sort of yeah. question that was that I could yeah. like sink my teeth into, and there was just nothing. he makes you punish yourself. I mean, yeah. it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's just it's genius. You're, it's, it's genius. He's giving you the punishment right back. Yeah, it's <laughs> like if you want to do this, then it's gonna be on you. It's pretty legit. It's a it's a superpower for sure that I don't have. I mean, it's probably been twenty years since he stood at a merch table. Yeah, so yeah, you're probably right. So. But uh, anyway, so I just skipped right to the, uh, um, you mind if I grab a picture with you? And so I got this picture and it's just every, I kill myself. every time I see that picture, I'm like, you like, look, you idiot. <laughs> like, I'm just looking at that kid in the picture, like you freaking moron. And uh, what's funny is you uh, like, after that experience, I would, uh, that's been just like a funny staple story that old friends and I'll talk about or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward <laughs> a couple years later, of course, I'm thinking I'll never make that mistake again. Fast forward to Integrity Blues Tour 2016. I see him outside on a sidewalk and like an idiot. <laughs> Same thing as before. I walk up thinking, surely it's been years. I've learned from this. I can at least just say, hey, yeah. man, good show. Walk up. Yeah. It all happens all over again. <laughs> The whole thing happens all Did over. Did you play again. anything off Static Prevails tonight, dude? It was like, <laughs> it was, it was so bad. And uh, and then fast forward again. All right, now no one's heard this. I don't think anyone's heard this part of the story. Mm-mm. Fast forward to Surviving Tour right before. Uh, so this was okay. in November of uh, 2019, pre you know the last tour they would mm-hmm. do before this COVID thing. But I took Aaron Crawford to. Oh my God! I took him to almost the scene of the crime the original crime <laughs> uh lincoln nebraska is where the show was and it was at this really really cool like like theater kind of venue and aaron and i the whole time we're driving up there we're telling this story all over again and joking about it and i'm just like dude just watch i'll run into him again and the same freaking thing's gonna happen and you know what i mean we're joking about it we get there we decide to go to dinner before the show and I'm just like, it's something we're currently talking about. They're walking around the sidewalks, yeah. just like Aaron's just like, just watch, it's going to happen, you know? <laughs> so we go to this pizza shop, sit down, they bring our pizza out, and we're hanging out, you know, whatever, talking about making this new record. And straight up, no lie, Jim Atkins and three other people walk in and sit at the table directly behind us. Is that how you refer to Jimmy E. World now, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Atkins and three other guys. <laughs> it wasn't the band. It wasn't the band. It was just, it was like these other just yeah. like, you know, friends or whatever. But I'm, I'm just like. Can you name, can you name the three other guys in Jimmy E. World? Dude, are you kidding sure. me? 
Yeah. I mean, that's not an answer. Zach Lind. Okay. Right. Tom Litton. Yeah. Okay. Rick Birch. Okay. And they're not the original four members. There's Rick's not the original bass player. How weird is that? When they, because they've been kind of known for that lineup forever. But when they first started in the earliest, earliest days, they had a different bass player for a short little while. Okay. So, which is, so, uh, I'm so telling you, you we anything? can go there, man. We did can, you say anything this we third can nerd time? out. Hell no. So this time I looked at Aaron and I'm just like, can you believe this crap? And he's Aaron is in tears like this whole time. Like he's laughing so hard because it's like, what are the chances of this happening? And so we just ate our dinner. And what's crazy is Aaron's talking to me about whatever's going on in his life. I'm completely disinterested and cannot focus. Yeah. Because he's sitting right behind me. You know what I mean? It's one of those weird so, things, wait, man. Okay, I can't so, explain yeah. it. Here's the question. So why wouldn't you go up to him and tell him that you also are in a band? That'd be the lamest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so is the conclusion that, <laughs> hey, it's just better not give him a CD, dude. Yeah. Is the conclusion what? That you just shouldn't go talk to your idols? I think it's up to you. I, I'm, I, I have no interest ever, though. Uh, yeah, ever. I've started a new thing where I just say thanks. Yeah, like, you've been on that for like a decade, and it works well. Yeah, it works really I, well. It's not that new, is it for me? Like when like, when fans of your band are talking to you? No, no, no. Like I'll go. <laughs> yeah, and just he say, says thanks, yeah, and he just, yeah, just stops hey, talking. Thanks, thanks for liking. Well, me. that's what I do. Um, I'm just like, oh, cool, thanks, man, and then I try and find a way out. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean, we don't. I don't have that a ton. Like it's pretty easy to engage everybody who wants to from that perspective yeah but no if i see a guy that's like influenced me in some way i'm like hey don't want to bother you just thanks you've influenced me a lot i appreciate it thanks and for I your contribution to, not, to my life i tried to not musical let journey them have to carry any obviously it's still a little awkward for them i'm sure but mm -hmm. like they don't have to carry conversation yeah um, that's where the whole thing yeah so many people expect that they go up to you and then you just carry the conversation and that's where jim kills it right he's like no you're gonna carry this i mean i'm not gonna like be mean but yeah it's a weird thing though because it's it's not like it's not like i want to have a conversation it's not like it, uh, this is a different animal this is a different switch dude like this isn't just like the shane you're talking to now walking up to another guy being like <laughs> oh dude hey killer show man peace yeah not right. it like you can't be that guy i, I, I can relate a couple years ago my friend gave me uh shout out to my buddy mike mitchum gave me free tickets to see the foo fighters who are one of my favorite bands um for sure and dave Grohl is one of my favorite musicians and i've never seen them it was a giant arena mm -hmm. and i'm excited right I'm, I'm excited uh but they like dropped this big curtain after whoever the opener was i don't remember but it was like a curtain on both a curtain on each side and a curtain at the front so you i was sitting where i could kind of see through the curtain did royal and, blood open no, it was some real lame kind of like uh, oh. like cock rock, like 80s okay. band that was like a revival type thing. Um, but uh, like I could see through the corner, the, all, the, all the tech setting everything up, which is interesting. And then I just see Dave come out with his guitar. Like they're, they're ready and he's getting ready. And before the lights go down, it, but hardly anyone could see. It was just the angle I was at. And I just, my heart started racing. And I was like, what is this? Like I didn't expect to feel that. Yeah. And I told Missy, I was like, if they play, I know they're going to play Everlong. I know they're going to play My Hero. But if they play um, I'll Stick Around, mm -hmm. which is, like, their first single and, like, maybe my favorite Foo Fighters. It's just such an aggressive song. And, like, 
but there's almost no chance because it's such a deep cut. And I forget what they opened with. I think it might have been Rope. And then the second song was I'll Stick Around. No I lost my way. mind, dude. And it was so aggressive. It yeah. was like so punk rock. But I think Jeremiah and I have a friend who could uh, – well, kind of a, an acquaintance of Jeremiah's, but an old friend who could beat this story. This guy grew up with phenomenal drummer, worshipped at Dave Grohl's feet. He was at the 930 Club in D.C., and his band – he had a, was in a local band that had like started to do well. Mm-hmm. And the Foo Fighters were through on their first tour. And he was a huge Nirvana fan, so he was there. And the, the guys that were in the club were like, we'll get you to meet him because they believed in this younger – his name is Aaron. And so they bring him outside, and there's like a fence between them. But Dave comes out super kind, super gracious. He's talking to him, and he's, in, he's like, yeah, I heard you're good. These guys all say your band's good, and you're good. And, man, and they just – and Dave does what all of us do, which is just engage the person, ask about them, and then figure out what, whatever they want to talk about. Sometimes they do want to talk about your music, and I, I, I want to go there for, for people. If it's meant something to them, then that's great. Yeah. Or talk about their drive or whatever. Yeah. He does that whole thing. He, there's the, he's smoking a Dave Grohl smoking a cigarette. Dude. And they just they really connect. Like they, they he's like, dude, you know, they're talking about drums and they're just, and he's like, yeah, we really connect. Such a nice guy. And then he says, hey man, keep playing music. You know, you're inspiring people in your hometown. That's that's the first step. And he he goes to walk away and, and shakes his hand. And I think uh, maybe passed him some merch through the fence. I don't remember, but it was a really good connection. Mm-hmm. He throws the cigarette down and walks away. And this guy, this friend of mine, Aaron, can't help himself. He reaches down through the fence and grabs the cigarette butt. But as he's doing it, Dave Grohl turns around to just say, like, oh. one more last thing and sees him picking up his cigarette oh. butt. And he just stops dead in his tracks yeah. and just looks at him and goes, Man, that is not cool. Oh, and, dude, what a <laughs> bummer. He said that to him? Yeah, he said, man, that's not that's not cool. Oh, and then just, like, walks off. Like, how that was embarrassing. The... <laughs> but <laughs> if you want some redemption, a couple years later, he went to, a, to the same club to see that band Rocket from the Crypt, uh-huh. and he was sitting at the bar and realized that he was sitting next to Dave Grohl. Oh. And he started talking to him and told him the story and how embarrassed he was. Oh. Dave was like, dude, it's cool, man. I've, I've been nervous when I met, you know, Zeppelin or whoever. Wow. You know, he could possibly be. And he bought him beers and they had a good hangout. So it's not the same at all then because I'll never have that <laughs> redemption. And anything I just felt, any relief I just felt, you stole that away from me by telling <laughs> part of that story. Yeah, he's, he's inconsolable still. There's like nothing is healed in him. Yeah, you know? crap. Uh, well, Nate, Nate got to meet Weezer, and I bet he didn't do anything dumb. I've met Weezer multiple times. So. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't do anything dumb any No, not times. I, I have talked about my dumb situation. Uh, and I've, I learned. I learned my lesson. You have the floor, Nate. <laughs> you, got, I mean, it's not, you got real quiet. I, there's not really a story about it. It's just when I was growing up. I would routinely run into uh, Justin, the singer of Motion City Soundtrack, which when I was in high school was like one of my favorite bands. And I always said something stupid every <laughs> time, like four times in a row. And then so by the time I was like 18, I was like, well, I figured it out. Mm. Yeah. A, never talk to that guy again. I have talked to him since. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I keep our conversations insanely short. And right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I know, yeah. I, like, he's just like the only dude on the planet I can't talk to. Dude, I was well. proud of myself after this last, uh, this last one in November. Cause I, like I said, we ate our dinner. I was distracted for sure. Uh, but it was cool. We, I paid the bill. We got up, we walked out, enjoyed the show. I didn't say anything. Rock and roll. I felt. I, mean, I felt good. The moral good. of the story is: if you ever meet anyone from Motion City Soundtrack, 
don't ask them if they're going to play anything off static. Dude, like that's the (laughs) that's the headline right there. That would be awkward. Now I'm actually friends with those guys, some of those guys now, and that's you know, but not Justin. I want to be a friend, Justin. Be my. I want to find out though that in one of those situations, either of you guys is like the guy that they talk about, like. Yeah, but remember that one guy? I've thought about that before. <laughs> There's no yeah. way, dude. Here, here's no, no. the comforting... We, okay, first off, we can squash that right now because we all play in a band way smaller than all the bands we're yes. talking about. Yes. And we know that these stories are not that bad. They're not interesting at all. It's That's what I was going to say. You're, no one's going to remember your story, Shane, but a guy picking up your cigarette butt, you might remember that one. That's right, kind of like very possible. No way. He's, he's done no some, way. He's he's, some he has to have the stuff. freakiest okay, stuff. Okay, you're, okay, you're right. But if that happened to Shane, Shane would remember that. Like, yes. he would remember oh, that. Yeah, for that sure. would be crazy Different for us. Different levels of fame now. Yes. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come sure. on now, people. Yeah, that's my point. I, yeah. ne- I, that it's point. the only time that that's ever happened to me. Uh, where it's the only person where I think legit. Yeah. I'm just like so like overwhelmed with like whoa, like this guy's inspired me so much, and I guess it's beyond my mental capacity to handle it. Yeah, which is fine. Well, Jeremiah's cool. Jeremiah's told the story before on the podcast, but you should give him the 10 second version of your Reliant K one. Just for just for his comfort. Did I tell that one here? Okay. Yeah, you did so, on the podcast before, but yeah. So, um, well, the, so this was a multiple thing. I, they used to play this thing called Winterfest at um, Liberty University every year, and I lived like an hour and forty five minutes from there, or something like that. And so, I just decided like I'm going to sneak around back. It's a huge arena type thing, and it just wasn't well protected. And so I did the same thing as you. I saw Matt Teeson from across the parking lot and I just yelled, Matt, you know, what is it dude, that makes us yeah, do I, those I don't things? Know, anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, he comes up and we chat or whatever. And I was like, Oh, do, do you think like, I, I think I might've asked him to sneak me in or somehow that was, came up and I was like, Oh, do you think they could confuse me as Brian referring to the bassist? just some dumb stuff like that or whatever. And he was cool enough. He walked me into the back door and just was like, yeah, just walk with me. And like the first guard we got to, the guy stopped me and told me I had to leave. So that was the first one. The next year um, I came back and the security was crazy around the back. So I, I came back this time again with my younger brother and my girlfriend at the time and snuck around back. And I was like, I've got to figure out a way to, to get into this place and i figured out that they had these like blue bands right the same blue bands that we get at like a nicer festival like those plasticky you know clip ones um so i went to walmart and bought a blue uh folder like a see-through folder and like taped together a uh, bracelet that looked like they're you know get into this you know the band bracelet and kind of was walking around this back parking lot area. And I happened to see this door that was open and I walked just as like, all right, I'm doing it. Walked in, walked down the hallway. The very first door I came to incidentally, cause there was probably a hundred rooms in this whole building was the green room. Didn't know what a green room was at the time. Actually, it was still like, <laughs> you know, I, I was very unaware and I was like, Whoa, this is where all the band. And I just kind of, this cheapest kid just went in and like kind of sat in the corner and just was like watching everybody. 
And then somebody like, dude, get you some food or something like that. And they're like, all right. And I just start getting some of the food. Then everybody leaves except for uh, Matt Hoops and Matt Thiessen just sitting there playing video games. And I kind of walk up and sit next to them <laughs> while they're playing video games and just kind of being chill, just asking them the worst questions. Um, like, have y'all ever had a song on a video game? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, what was the... I can't remember. Oh, like what, what's the story behind the guitarist or the drummer? Cause he was the guitarist and ace troubleshooter. And like, you know, they, they, it was terrible, man. And they, the whole time they were like, not interested, you know, they were being honestly, like truthfully, they were being kind. And then I was like, PS de resistance. Yeah. And I was like, could I borrow one? <laughs> Can I borrow one of your phones to call my girlfriend and brother to tell them to come in here? No way. <laughs> oh, dude. And dude, Matt Hoops did it. Matt Hoops did it. I called them and I said, literally, I said, um, they're like, where are you? And I was like, I, my words were, I'm hanging out with the guys. <laughs> I said, just go in that door, walk down the hallway, come. And so they did it. And then like the three of us were just sitting there quietly next to them. And they were like, all right, we got to go. Actually, it's pronounced <laughs> so then it was just the <laughs> sitting in the uh sitting in the uh, green room by ourselves. Yeah, that's where that, that that's where that one ended. But uh, they were super graceful the, uh, the whole time, you know. Dang, dude. Gracious, I guess it's, that's the right word. Yeah. I feel better now though hearing that I story. I saved that it's, phone number for quite yeah, that a one while. Is, that one's wild, Yeah. Dude. That one's <laughs> That one's oh, good. It's, freaking wild. it's wild now if you know Jeremiah to think he would do that. But that was back in the I when was I in high school. Him. Yeah, I mean, I'm like okay with that. I, you know, it's like, dude, I was a dork. You know. Well, when I first met met you, I could, I could. He was into trying to do flips, but he couldn't really do a flip. <laughs> so I could yeah. just yell. I could just yell at any time, do a flip, and Jeremiah would just throw his legs over his head Whoa. and just wipe out. And uh, I, uh, I <laughs> was running. He was walking down a a. a really steep uh gravel parking lot one time and i he was moving pretty fast so i just yelled do a flip and he just threw his legs over his head and wiped out and it was it was a mess but mm -hmm. yeah you know we grow we grow up we do right? we grow up yeah we do we so up. i regret everything but i <laughs> but we do grow up so also nate this uh this topo's for you homie oh, this is for you my friend dang dude yep <laughs> can you got can you buy that locally where you're at mm -hmm. you must you have one in your hand yeah 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 for Is that sure the monkeys off my back some. celebration you that's you can't buy it locally sorry um sure. not in any of the places that i frequent mm. Mm. interesting anyways sorry go ahead aaron <laughs> uh it's cool you just squashed jeremiah's excellent segue yeah, no big deal oh my bad uh, <laughs> he said is that the monkeys off my back celebration I've, oh, like the yeah. album? Sorry, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't know if you I remember. Like, Shane. What does that mean? Yeah, I was just trying you know, to think. Shane, like, we're tr we're, what? Are, we're trying so hard what are you here, Shane, about? to like to to pump your record, you know, and you just listen. You like, where's your head at? Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know where my head <laughs> Maybe is. Maybe that's not a Midwest. A heck phrase. of a transition. Is that, is that not a Midwest phrase? The, getting the monkey off your back. You guys not say that? I don't think I've ever said it. Um. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever said it, but uh, maybe it's a Virginia. Y'all got monkeys where you live, or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, maybe maybe the answer is we have drug Dude. addicts where we live because it's like a drug addict. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like kind listen. Of a weird the record, color. the record is done, 
and it's awesome. Uh, there's, you know, know my only I problem have, with it I is there's it. no heavy vocals. So, mm, yeah, uh, so it's that's the only thing I don't like about it is that it's missing the gutturals he, that he I used scream. to do 10 years ago. Um, I, like, I don't know if people can read your sarcasm as well as you think they can. <laughs> I think they can. So. They're gonna they're gonna hear this and immediately you have a go. A lot of faith in people, Shane. He, yeah, some, he somehow disappointed himself. How does one do that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's done. It what what a freaking monster, Nate. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was I was there and then some. Yeah, and then some. And so were you. It was crazy. We're actually I'm driving down to Atlanta to see Nate here in a couple of days so we can celebrate the release on Friday. Oh man. And so Nate's birthday. Yeah. Oh, what a what a fun time you guys Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Shindig, dude. Aaron Crawford's supposed to be coming with me and I talked to him today and I don't know if that's happening. So I'm just oh. it's all good. We're gonna party either way, but I'm glad you're doing something like, like physical. To we need to do something. It's like, like you can't just spend. I think I'm gonna get chartreuse because I we were talked about that for a long time. <laughs> chartreuse caboose, baby. And we Dude, never ended up doing two that. years of just all of the things. We need to uh, we need to get together and and, and celebrate proper. We, so we may burn an effigy to this record <laughs> or something. Yeah, we deserve it. So. So so normally we we break down people's like other creative passion, but I feel like it's taken every ounce of your livelihood on top of being a, a dad and a husband and wife yeah, to make this record. It has. So I really want to break down for people like the the process. If you're down, if you're down, is that where you want to go? Because I it, I mean the podcast probably isn't that long. <laughs> well. Well, we we've prepared, and as as a way of honoring you, we've each written uh, a haiku for you. Great, uh, and and we've kind of themed them around uh, this journey of making your new record, Influence, out. Well, just what's the date? Friday the sixteenth. Come out. Friday the sixteenth. Yeah, this will be coming out shortly afterwards. But um, so we've all written haikus. I don't know who wants to go first, and then you have to rate them. Uh, on a one to one, on one to ten, like ten being I mean, the best. That's the most natural. Yeah, that's the most natural. Yeah. We leave um, that to the uh, raider. I'm gonna go like like letter grade. Why don't we let you pick who goes first, Shane? Um, hmm. I don't know. Nate looks like maybe he's still searching for one. So Nate, you're gonna go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you ready? You pumped up? Hit me. Oh yeah, the haiku music. It, it's, it's it, it happened already. It actually, as soon as I say the first word, is when the symbol. Okay. I, I know that if I don't say it, it doesn't hit. Right. A ripe hog to rip. Oreo dust on our lips. Crawford needs coffee. <laughs> Shane's kind of losing it off camera there. Oh you have an unfair advantage. I always do because I'm good at this. Um, not to bore the listeners, but Nate, could you repeat that one more time? Yeah. A ripe hog to rip. Oreo dust on our lips. Crawford needs coffee. Dude, I love Oreo dust on our lips. That That's a beautiful, like not even Image. being funny. That is a beautiful haiku line. He, Thank it's you. very, yeah. very visceral. I can feel, ah, I can see. I just, I'll be honest. This was the shortest period amount of time it took me to write a haiku. <laughs> I'm in impressed. fact, when I saw the text, I was in bed, 
and I woke up and I looked at the text and I wrote it immediately and then I went back to bed. I, I honestly, <laughs> I feel bad. I, I didn't think you were prepared and I was trying to put you on the spot and then you came and just... I mean, the fact that he wrote it before now is shows his You honor crushed me with that. That's true. And, and he does That's have true. a very unfair advantage because that, that checks all the boxes for making me happy. So, um, okay. Do you want me to grade them at the end or on the spot? No, no, no. One at a time. Yeah. You got to commit. Each one. Okay. I mean... I don't know. Nate, A plus. I, that's 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 a ten. Okay, he's doing, he's doing great. It doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. Like, it doesn't get any better. That checked every box, man. You know. Now, if I wasn't a part of this record at all, um, now nah, I mean that doesn't that doesn't that score doesn't even matter. So we're good. Nate, A plus, man. Well done. Good looking out for your boy. Dude, I just had to. I wrote it from the heart, dude. It felt from the heart, Aaron. Yeah. You're up. All right. Tom Hanks Adventure. Jim Adkins Destination. <laughs> Jason Dunn Budget. <laughs> Some good stuff in there. You went hard on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh I try. We aim to please. We aim to please. That was good. That was really yeah, good. Was Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm I'm very impressed. Um Mine's exactly as good as you'll expect it to be, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, man, that also checks all the boxes. It doesn't take much for me to appreciate these haikus. So, uh, you know. Give Jeremiah a chance to disappoint okay. you. <laughs> uh, Aaron, I'm going to give you uh, I'm give you a nice B+. Plus. See, I know that I know that means they don't win, but when I go to bed tonight, I'm almost like I an won. A. Now, I I honestly was expecting you to say something about Garage Band vocals and throwing it together at the last minute, but I didn't get that. <laughs> but I got I got stuff that was real, equally as good. So, just the way my mind works on autopilot <laughs> is that B plus will revise history yeah. itself. Also, we let let's make a note. We do need to talk about your vocal appearance on this album. So, all right, Jeremiah. Okay, fair enough. Cool. All right. Clack, click, 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 clack. <laughs> you want to go eat something? Wait, what time is it? <laughs> Whoa, that's a that is a conceptual uh, idea you chased down that rabbit hole. <laughs> He's going in. I don't know if it's if we should reward it, but it definitely is like a, a new thing. That might be my favorite one you've ever done because <laughs> it's so out there. <laughs> I'm 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 psyched that you're stretching your legs a little bit on it, dude. I am. <laughs> if you'd made this record with Goldman, all those clicks and clacks would be you, would be YouTube clicks. That's what. It'd be. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that, that nice, was the biggest part of this whole thing was figuring out what word to use for a click. Nicely uh, done, yeah. Uh, like for, yeah, I like how you differentiated the one from. Oh, the I two, wrote three, clack. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was nicely done for sure. Uh, all right. My boy, my boy Jeremiah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go B because it sounds like I, I told you I was doing the letter grade. Uh, yeah. We're gonna go B because you, you. It sounds like you made a uh, a real effort on this, <laughs> and I think that that. So what he's saying is it's not that good, but you're no, it's good. Effort. It's good. You know, which would warrant like maybe like a like a C plus B minus. But he, yeah, there's extra effort there that I'm not 
it's not personalized at all. It's very of. personalized to me. This is what it's like. Which I appreciate. I feel like if <laughs> I think if you'd committed Jeremiah and it was clicks and clacks the yes, whole way I through. I thought about I thought about it. I was right on the if edge. Was, if it was seven dude, you oh you that was it, dude. That would have been <laughs> seventeen clicks and clacks. Uh-huh. You'd be that'd be God tier. We'd never do this again. I will say I don't feel like this was a super click track heavy record. I don't remember having the click like crazy loud or anything. I think we, once the drums were done, we just started jammed to the drums. We just jammed yeah. to the drums. Actually, yeah, but yeah, it was present. Uh, I'm sure in some way. So it's well it's good. for sure. It's good. Yeah, but okay. Uh, good haikus, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> Hey guys, this is just a quick interruption to invite you to check out The Epicenter. The Epicenter is our Patreon-based online community. If you're enjoying this podcast, you should check it out because there's a ton more content just like this. There are three different tiers with tons of other perks like exclusive music, video content, and merch with more being added each month. And it's all built around a Discord server where we hang out and keep each other encouraged and inspired. Additionally, there are bonus episodes of Between the Notes each month available only to Patreon members. Right now, patrons have access to a whole series of episodes we are doing on our 2010 album yet. It's a track-by-track breakdown where we discuss the writing, recording, and inspiration behind each song. To hear those conversations and get a ton more awesome content just like it, maybe take a minute and go check out The Epicenter over at patreon.com slash The Epicenter. Now back to this week's episode. So I remember remember the beginning of the journey. I remember having a conversation (laughs) where we actually talked about you were thinking about doing it with Nate. Yeah. And but you guys were like kind of old, like you guys knew each other from the scene in Minnesota, yeah. right? Yeah, like I, 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 yeah, like we knew each other and could say we were good friends, and it'd probably be hugs if we seen each other. But I hadn't mm-hmm. spent any like real time with Nate any time within the last like twelve plus years. So you know, it was one of those things yeah. where you we knew that you know we'd be buds, but I wasn't like. I didn't really know much about like what he had going on or what he was up to or if uh, you know what I mean? Like it, there's definitely a lot of right. like mystery. So did us, did us, did him join in the my epic fold? Did that bring him back onto your radar? No. Is that how you guys started No, talking? I don't remember what, what it was. I, I think maybe Jason suggested it where he was just like, Hey, he goes, you know, Nate's working with Matt uh, glow in the dark when we were talking. And I don't, and actually, you know what I know? I know what it was. When we were talking about doing the, um, when Hands did that like face down 20 year anniversary little like two song seven inch thing, we were trying to think of uh, who we were going to record that with and how we were going to do it. And Jason suggested maybe going and doing it with Nate. So that's where it came up on my radar that Nate was like, like, that's that was the first time I ever thought about like, oh, I should give him a call and maybe we should work together. You know what I mean? That kind of planted the seed. So, but we ended up making that record or the two songs with someone else. So, but yeah, later we, on, we had talked about that hands thing like face to face. I think at Face Down Fest or something. Yeah, probably. Like, and we just had a a quick conversation of like, and I was like, yeah, I work at the studio and we do this and whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, but and then it didn't end up happening. But yeah, and then later and then on, like when it came time years. to yeah, when it came time to do this record, I called Aaron because I was I was trying to figure out who we were going to make this record with, 
And I knew that he had obviously worked with you a bunch. I hadn't worked with you ever. I just knew you were a cool dude. And I know you from a long time ago, but I didn't really, I've never worked with you on anything. So I called Aaron to be like, Hey, how's it working with Nate? How's this dude? Like, is it good to go? Like you think he's think he can pull this off. You think he can make it happen. And, uh, Aaron was, you were all in dude. And basically I think we were talking about like potentially maybe, uh, asking goldman as well i think we were kind of back and forth on that at the time and i was yeah i think i think all i did was like reassure you like either way it's yeah a home you were run. saying either way it was a home and, run and, and then and i think you just i don't i don't remember what it was but I, I i do remember saying to you like oh i know you you might know nate more as like a dude from the scene yeah but like he like if you work with him you'll you'll when you when it's over it will be like one of the best experiences I, and He's a hundred percent professional. I remember what you said. Gonna... You said it was more okay. like it was that for sure. But then it was also just kind of like, like Nate's the guy that's going to join your band and make the project better. Like Nate's going to be like the guy that's invested, that's going to join the band and really like dig in, you know, not that Matt wouldn't do that, but that's going to be more of Nate's vibe. And uh, I was, I, I mean, honestly, like when it came down to like sorting that out, it was just kind of like, I think there was more like, I think for me personally, I know working with Goldman is going to be, it's going to sound great and it's going to be awesome. Right. I, it just seems like a surefire, like home run mm -hmm. for me. I like the mystery. Like I like the, like, I don't know. Like I know Nate's good at what he does, but I couldn't put a finger on like how this is going to go down. Um, or what the final product is going to be or whatever. And again, there's this friendship from a long time ago and we gelled really well. So I'm just like, this is more of an experiment that we both can dig into and it's either going to be awesome or it's just going to be a mess and we'll find out. And I think it was more exciting, even in the circumstances of like, like we, this record was already off to a terrible start. So you probably wouldn't want to roll the dice, but <laughs> You know, well, that's well, just, for, just that's exactly what I was thinking is like, I'm surprised at your attitude, because if somebody said, hey, what's the band that has like the worst luck and yeah, for sure, it wouldn't even be banned. It'd be Shane, whatever Shane's doing musically. Yeah, that's what has the worst luck. Things going awry. Agreed. And you want to go with the non surefire thing that cracks me up. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> it's I, more exciting. I think I remember like, I think I remember thinking you were going to work with both of them together in some fashion. And so I was just trying to say like. Oh, just for the record, like they're both incredible. And either way, you're going to make the best record you've ever made. Yeah. You know, they're both going to do an awesome job. They, they have different strengths. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for I, sure. Well, from but, our perspective, but, too, Nate wasn't a rolling of the dice. I get from your perspective why it was, but like, yeah, I know I wouldn't have seen it that way. Well, I, and to, it, I mean, he is he is emotionally yeah. as a person, yes. you know, like yeah. if you're going to like, well, to, to I mean, to even like go further with with me not knowing what like what Nate was capable of uh when I was on the phone with you Nate talking to you about doing the record and you had signed up like okay yep I'm in I was uh, even talking to you about possibly having Goldman mix it do you remember that yeah we talked about that for quite some time and then at and the then end I, of it I just said like hey like this is your thing man if you think you if Goldman would be better mixing it you know or better suited for the project or whatever then let's do that but if you want to do it and you think that, you know, you can rock and roll with this and this is your this is your vibe, then 
let's do that. You know, whatever you want, man. And you were pretty much just like, I think, I think we can knock this out. Of course. So, uh, and surely from the moment, I think, I don't, it was like just the moment you showed up in the project. I remember just being like, Oh wait, like I knew Nate was like good at what he does, but this dude is (laughs) insane. And like, I just kept like feeling that throughout this whole process uh i mean obviously i've told you that many times before but dude you freaking just continuously blew my mind like when we were at the studio in uh in uh tennessee like there's just all these like layers of like holy crap he can do that too like oh my god you know like you were just playing piano out in the main room at one point and i'm just like i know there's no one else here so surely that's (laughs) nate and i walk into the room and he's just like maestro doing his thing and i'm like what can this guy like what can he not do you know so and then the mixing was just badass and fit the project so well and i mean it's it's not even that like i don't feel like you like i feel like we're getting a little off topic here because normally in this podcast we break down jeremiah's personality (laughs) and encouraging nate isn't really like the vibe that you know you know what though let me just tell you this shane i know nate his he's He's doing fine. He doesn't. I need know, to but hey, listen back. though. You, you caught me. You caught me. He's so happy with his life choices. You caught me that, a yeah, couple yeah, days before release, it. where we're kind of at this like yeah, mountaintop You're of buzzing. like appreciating buzzing, what happened, right? And this is kind of the first like, what was the first time Nate and I have really talked like close to the release like this? So, I'm just oh, yeah, giving you a preview of what's to come, buddy. I'm gonna come <laughs> so down. I want to and- talk about the record, but first. I want to talk about the journey. You got you you've 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 like referenced it being fraught with uh and and to be honest like Je- Je- Jeremiah's not joking like if someone's like best musician with the worst luck I'd say oh that's yeah. Shane for sure somehow somewhere. Um so, so like easily the most talented least recognized person Whoa. that I know. Um the the gap between your your like your like notoriety and your talent and the quality of what you put out is criminal. <laughs> um but uh, but go ahead and and like tell a little bit about like what what you mean when you say it was super fraught because it is really interesting. The beginning of all this. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot of different moments. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I just like I haven't quite figured out how to even talk about it. Like, it's it's one of those things that it's just like. Well, I said pick up the story. Like, you met Jim Atkins. That went bad right after that. Let's start there. Right after that, oh, dude, no way. Huh? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it just got off to a bad start. Like it, it was, uh, I mean, uh, okay. I'll say it like this. So supposed to make a full length. So, okay. Hold on. All right. I'm coming back now. All right. So we put out, we were supposed to do two EPs. That was the plan. We were going to get on the EP cycle. Like you guys were, we're just going to do these EPs. So the plan was, is to do kind of a more chill EP and a more heavy EP. We were going to go that route. That's a dumb idea. Well, Who would do that? For sure, right? So I'm thinking like, okay, this will be a good opportunity for me to explore a little bit more of the things that, you know, like just to try new things that I'm that I'm excited about. But then also I'm excited about heavy music too. So it'd be fun to just, you know, beat people up with that. So, uh, but at the time we ended up just doing the one chill EP. And then after that experience, I'm just like, I never want to record an EP ever again. Um, and I remember, what was it about it? What was it about it? Uh, one, I wasn't totally prepared. It was the first time that I'd come into the studio, like not super prepared. Um, and I wasn't in a, you know, I just didn't feel like, like my, 
head was in the right space and I wasn't in the right environment to create. Like, so I felt more like I was in the studio trying to make, just trying to make it happen. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there with my computer writing things on the spot because, you know, my friend Miles is going to play drums on it tomorrow. So he has to have something to play to. I mean, it was like, it was that kind of writing experience where like, there was so many gaps to fill and I was having a, such a hard time filling them. And, uh, but it's like at the end of that, we got five songs that I'm stoked on. I think, I think the EP is really cool. And I think we made it out alive. Uh, like I think I'm lucky to make it out of that situation with a solid EP, but you know, like I said, just at the end, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like, I just don't, it feels so short. It doesn't feel like I, I made like a full, I just like the feeling of the full record. You know, I like painting the full picture. And uh, I remember talking to Jeremiah about that once at one of your guys' shows in Kansas city uh, where Jeremiah was trying to sell me on the EP train. And uh, I was telling him the opposite. I'm like, no, no, it's not going to happen. You guys need to do a full length, forget the EPs. And, uh, but anyways, so the heavy the heavy EP never got made. It was just kind of in the dirt. And um, at the time, like just in life, like things were just kind of a mess. Like I just didn't want to write music. I didn't want to, you know, I just didn't want to do the thing. And I signed up to do a full length at the worst time. And uh, when it came time to do it, wasn't I, I wasn't ready to do it um and had to hit the eject button you know it's kind of one of those things where you know you're going into a situation you definitely can't handle you're definitely not prepared for um definitely not in the right headspace for it and uh so i hit the eject button no uh no full length is made um and unfortunately you know we like had already paid you know a, a budget and we just everything just went south it was it was tough it was tough on me i think it was tough on the label i think it was uh one of those situations where you're all standing there kind of in the in the dust like what just happened <laughs> and uh so it took a little bit of time um to uh kind of get things together it was probably like a year where i didn't write anything i didn't come down to this room like this little room that i'm in right now is where i kind of write everything um i didn't come down here for a full year i mean i was just it was like you're almost scared of it like, which is weird because it's just writing music. It's nothing. You're just playing riffs. You're just playing drums. You're just doing what it, it doesn't have to be this crazy thing. But for some reason, I was just like, just not wanting to come down here and do anything. And uh, after about a year of that, um, got motivated to write again. And I think that's when I called Nate. And I'm just like, hey, I think I started demoing stuff and then I called Nate and I'm like, I think we're ready to do, I think we're going to do a record. I think it's time and started putting the pieces back together. And of course I had to, I had to contact him being like, Hey, so the, the situation's changed. <laughs> like, you know, here's what you're walking into, man. And everything's on fire right now. And if you want to go there with us, you can go there. And if you don't, <laughs> don't, you know, it's, it's all good. Like, and I just remember telling Jason at face down, like, I'm going to make this record. And if I have to record it by myself in logic and put it out, I will like nothing is getting in the way. I'm making this record, like regardless of who's involved or who's not involved or money or no money or whatever it is. Um, Cause I feel like I'm ready to do it. 
And obviously Jason being just the coolest guy ever was like, let's do it, man. Let's, let's make the record, you know? And, uh, and then Nate volunteered his soul, um, <laughs> for everything. And, uh, and we started, you know, a couple months later. Um, and dude, I mean, the, the what to tell you a little bit about, like, just again, things kind of going as, as, uh, they're not going as planned. We were supposed to cut the drums in December, record all the guitars, bass, everything else, um, in, uh, January do the vocals i think here in kansas city in february and then the record was going to come out in like may like april or may of like 20 2019 or something like that and it's just like (laughs) holy crap dude it couldn't have (laughs) like we got drums done in december you know a a bunch of drums done in december at that surf ballroom which was awesome yeah and then january went to tennessee and jellico spent 10 days there and the whole 10 days was like first two days was Aaron Crawford just banging out like more drum tracks and killing himself over that. He had like bags of ice everywhere and he was all taped up. (laughs) And Oh dude, it was, it was pretty gnarly suffers for the craft. It was pretty gnarly, but he, he, but I mean the, it's crazy that he pulled it off. That doesn't, I bet you that doesn't happen to a lot of 23 year olds, dude. No, (laughs) dad is on the kit and there better be bags of ice and ibuprofen and coffee and everything else. But dude, he nailed those freaking drum tracks though. He killed I was, they sound so good. Yeah. I was blown away because I honestly hadn't heard what he was going to play on anything. Um, there was just a handful of demos, but I hadn't actually heard what he had up his sleeve. And so we're sitting there in the studio and I'm hearing it for the first time. And he wasn't even figuring things out on the kit. He was just executing. And I'm just like, holy crap, dude, one song at a time, just executing. And it was all super cool. Um, There was never a moment where there was just like, maybe you should try playing this instead. It was just like, dude's on fire. And he came in, knocked it out, and then drove like whatever 15 hours home (laughs) after half a day of drums and then got up and and started teaching a college class the next day that it was his first time teaching first day of his new job yeah dude he's an animal man uh just runs on coffee and band-aids but uh anyways but yeah the the rest of the time though was spent i mean it was like eight straight days of guitar is essentially like 16 hour days yeah long like long 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 days straight guitar i think i think you well we were both pretty optimistic like when we started guitars but it like quickly became clear like yeah this is gonna take forever this is a thing yeah and and honestly it wasn't you know when i when i talk about that i was ready to go i had i was ready to go with my guitar parts i was executing like aaron was where everything i was playing i was playing it tight it was good we just spent so much time uh with amps and pedals and trying to find the right sounds for the right parts. And it was one of those things where in the past, my records, most of them have always had kind of like a default sound. Like it's like you dial in what's going to be the heavy sound for the record, right? Like here's here, this is what Mm -hmm. the big sound is going to be. And then you make the whole record like that. And this is the clean sound for the record. And then you do that. And a lot of that for me has been because of just limitations with time 
Like we've only got seven yeah. days to do drums, bass, guitars, vocals, this whole thing. Like that's kind of been the experience. Well, it also can be a nice clear path to the record sounding congruent. For sure, sound. yeah. You know, it's not the it's not the only way yeah. to get that, but it does. It is one probably the easiest way to get the record to sound like it. Right. Together. And this this was just like, I mean, we were taking it by song. I mean, I, almost taking it by part, and oh yeah, it, it just everything had its own flavor and character, which when I listened to it, definitely paid off for this record, definitely paid off. Um, it sounds it was, phenomenal. It sounds dude, thanks, so man. good. Yeah, it was, it sounds stupid good. And I figured it would be like that. Cause I know Nate like works his buns off for bands who like musically, he, he cares to help them see their vision. And this is what every good producer sure. does. And same for Matt help helps them get their vision and tries to get his head around it. But I remember him like almost like, you know, licking his chops when it was like clear that he was going to do it. And he was like, dude, I love this band. I've always loved <laughs> Shane. I'm just going to make this sound so stupid. Dude, good. Yes. Like this is going to like we're going to have to take six months before we can start <laughs> recording a record because they think you used up like all like, you know, Nate's Nate's a little bit of an empty battery. No, right I'm now, not. You know? you Don't say that. Dude, the record I'm working on I'm right now is equally as awesome. I'm telling you what. Yeah, no. dude, I, uh, I, know, I he's coming. He's coming here in a week to yeah, write. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I felt like when. When I was started going through the demos, obviously they were way different than what I... Well, I guess I didn't really have expectations. Sure. It was just different than stuff that I heard from you. And then immediately, things started to click in my head of like what we needed to do. Mm -hmm. Because I heard it and I was like, oh, Shane's finally m making this record. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I thought. Like, yeah. It's like, this is the record he has been waiting to make. For sure. Basically his whole life, you know? And this is it. This is the one. Because uh, I will say, the demos are awesome. They're so good. You could put them out, and people would jam and love them because they sound so good. And they're like, so, so many of the songs are like, feel like realized already. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but, I think you told me that I came in with the most like, like polished pre production or something yeah, like best that. Yeah, demos for a record I've ever heard. Yeah, for sure. Because it sounded so good. Yeah. And just like the ideas were like really fleshed out. And even stuff that we changed you know was just because it's easy to change stuff when you when you're like oh this is already great so we do this and this and this and yeah. it just gets better and but as soon as i heard it i was i was realizing that you know no like literally no guitar part gets to slide by no you know yeah. nothing <laughs> just gets a quick yeah okay that sounds fine the yeah. only things that that ended up that way where like the very last day we had to move like down the hall to like the small studio. Oh yeah, yeah. And we so we kind of like rushed through like three or four guitar parts and right. And then I went back and redid them all like after you left. Yeah, I was like, like little like know, lead parts and things. Like yeah, that. just like, little parts that that would have been totally fine. I could have just, but it's like nothing. There was yeah. no stone unturned. Dude, no everything. no corners cut at all with this yeah, thing. And not and at all. I mean to speak to that even more like it was like with vocals like i went through hell in my mind <laughs> doing vocals on this album because it's doing something that i'm ex i'm not comfortable with it's like i'm I, I can bark at the microphone all day long and that's comfortable like e even though i don't want to i don't really have much of a desire to do it it's just like i can turn that on and it's just easy but like actually singing like really singing, not just like, you know, like mountain man singing, but like 
actually like really trying to pay attention to dynamics and how the the words are coming out of my mouth and how the phrases are coming together and like things like that are are things that I've always just like I'll try to put those things together but I don't spend any time trying to become a singer you know what I mean I don't spend any time with my voice I just I just do it and most of the time if I look back at like singing performances I'm super disappointed because I don't put in the time you know and so with this, we started tracking vocals. And, and now I'm tracking with Aaron Crawford. I'm not with Nate, um, but I'm at, at Aaron's house in Kansas City. And we start day one of vocals. And it was taking, I mean, it took like almost three weeks before we had like half of a song. And I'm going over there maybe, you know, a couple times a week. Jeez. I'm not there every night, wow. but it's like, That's you get torture, this, man. like for me, it was this realization of like, I'm dead. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make this record. Like I'm way in over my head on like ideas. Like this is the first time where I'm like, I think I can do this. And then it just beat me up, punched me in the face and was like, Hey, you're not that good. So just calm down. And, uh, it sucked, man. It was, it was pretty hard. And it took, it took, a. I think I had to take, dude, I took months um to basically just reset like i went and re-demoed a bunch of songs i went and did a bunch of vocal lessons um i started warming up every single day trying to take care of my voice um i spent a lot of time with the melodies and the phrasings and that's something i've never done before like you can find something that feels mm. good but i've never actually tried to re like once i get something that feels good i've never tried to reimagine it five different ways mm. and so I would actually just put in the time being a vocalist, which is weird for me. Mm. Like, cause I'm a vocalist. Like that's just something I've never spent time doing. You've always thought of yourself as a guitarist. And a I guess. First. Yeah. And then like when it came time to do like any vocals, like all the vocals, all the lyrics, all the ideas come at the absolute last minute, you know, we'll, we'll be done mm -hmm. with guitars and, the producer, whoever's working on it, will be looking at me like, dude, you got some vocals coming up or what? And I'll be like, oh, can we just do bass tomorrow instead? And uh, and it's just like scrambling to try and figure out. I mean, I've been lucky to make it out with decent lyrics and decent melodies. And I feel like I've been very fortunate to have records that I don't look back on and think like, oh, that was a bummer. Like I've been happy with everything. But it's just different, man. When you're just being like, I don't know what I want to do anymore. Ah! Like, it's just, it's so much easier to do that than it is to try and be like, okay, how am I, how am I going to frame out this vocal part and what's going to make it, what's going to make it like project what I want to project. And uh, that's like something where like, for instance, like in a, in a heavy song or in a, in a song where maybe the chorus gets big, my instinct is to make the vocal big, right? I hear everything else escalate. And so I immediately just want to be like Dustin Kensrue style. I just go for yeah. it. But it's kind of like, that's yeah. not always the, Higher yeah, or louder. That's not always the case. Like, and that's one of those things where I'm like, just because I start singing louder and bigger doesn't mean that that's doing the trick. And there are ways to layer your vocals or add harmonies or do certain things to make a quieter vocal part, more chill vocal part sound huge over a big instrumental thing. And it's like, that's something I've never taken into consideration. So like that choke song that's out right now, 
Thanks, Super dude. Big. It's like the chorus is a big chorus. It's not like a rocker chorus, but it's got massive drums, these all these synth parts and whatever. And the very first lyric or a very first melody I ever demoed was me singing straight up like you know at the top of my register letting it roll it's like this is a big chorus and I reimagined it you know it's like okay hold on let's come down let's find a good melody let's add a a high octave on top of it let's add all these little layers and it worked it was just kind of like whoa like this can be done you know so spending all that time on vocals really paid off as well and uh and then obviously being able to show up to Nate's place in Atlanta, um, which was this last February, right before Face Down Fest. So February 2020. I mean, we cranked out, I don't know, six or seven songs maybe in a week. And I felt yeah, really good. Like, like I felt like, hey, I think I finally found my voice. I think I finally found out or I finally found what I need to do to I think I've, I think I've done it. You know, I think I've become a better vocalist. Mm. Like I think it actually happened to me, you know? And it's, I mean, it yeah. sounds like it. I'm trying, it man. Like I'm trying time, super hard. I told, I texted you this, but the first time I listened through the whole record, it's all good. But the song Clementine just blew Dude, me people away, aren't ready for it, which man. I don't think. No. It, people aren't ready for it. You like, you, you have no right to write a song that catchy. <laughs> like, I don't know who gave you the permission to do it. But I was like, this is probably one of the catchiest songs I'm going to hear all year. And your voice sounds so good. Like, you, you really do it, like, sound, uh, like, so, so in so much control. There's so much control Thanks, there. man. Um, which I can relate. I know when I'm on top of my game and I've, like, I've warmed up enough and I've been singing for enough days in a row. And I know when, like, you know, usually when we play something like one off or two nights off, it's like, I, I, my life is, I wish I was wealthy enough to just get up for two weeks and practice, but I usually, you know, things are running oh, yeah. tight and you're doing the best you can to warm up and, and you just know it's not going to be my best, but it yeah. sounds like you recorded this for me. I always kind of wish I could record at the end of a tour because I'm always really in good shape mm -hmm. by then. Um, my voice is anyway, yeah. but you know, that's never happened. And also I'm never, <laughs> I would never be want to go from one stress to the next, but it sounds like you're at the height of yeah. like, just I'm being trying, ready. man. It, and I listen to the record too. And I'm, I still listen to it and I'm just like, man, I bet Nate had to do so much work to make this happen. But it's kind of like, no. I, I really think about it and I'm just like, no, no, no. Like, give yourself some credit, man. Like, you, yeah. you put in the work and you showed up and delivered and it paid off. It's like, you spent time being a vocalist and it paid off. And that's kind of where like, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm super stoked on this record because it's everything I wanted to do. Like Nate said at the beginning, it's the record I've always wanted to make. And uh, it's just been a journey getting there. And now, I mean, and this came at a time where, like, I thought this was the end of the band. Like, I was going to hang it up. Before we made this record, I remember talking to Jason, being like, dude, if if somehow I pull this off making an, another record, uh, that's it, man. I'm out. Like, this, this thing is dead in the water. Why? Because 20 people are going to listen to this. No one's going to care. And then they're going to complain that there's not enough yelling. So it's like... I'm just I'm out which is such a stupid <laughs> it's such a stupid thing to like give credit to that that comment right like it's it's stupid to like pay attention to it um but it's just kind of like you know at, at, before the record it was kind of like I just don't think that I have anything left to to give to this um and uh you know and then this just re this I don't know it feels like a, a, a it feels like a new band to me so new adventures ahead you know but 
it's fun, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on it and I'm glad you guys like it. So dude, it's so good. Mm, yeah. It's like one of the only projects that I've worked on and immediately been like, I'm going to listen to that. Even though I've spent a thousand hours listening to it. Right. You know, I've probably listened to every song 500 times, but dude, I'm down to put it on. It's rad, man. And it's it funny. It sounds great. Talk- so just like, yeah. Dude, talking about Aaron, uh, <laughs> it was like, I just, I want to talk about this for just a second because I, I thought it was awesome. I think people need to know that. So I wanted Aaron to be a part of this record somehow, some way. Because after doing the ghost story song with you guys a few years ago, it was you're again. welcome. Such an awesome song. Always my favorite uh, to jump on stage with you guys and do it because I just get to be a total weirdo and bug you guys and <laughs> and uh, we love it. Yeah. I never know what you're gonna yeah, do. It's, it's awesome. always enjoyable. Uh, I love the uh, there was a text where you said <laughs> you were like, "Hey, ghost stories at whatever 11:15," and I texted you back and just said, "Might show up." <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and then there was a time at that that festival that I was like yeah, rushing was back from. That. You guys were like, "We're playing Ghost Story at eleven thirty. You're gonna be there, right?" And you guys were headlining um, audio feed, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there." But I'm like, "There's a UFC pay per view on, and it's a big one." And uh, I mean, I can make it work for sure. But what's like the latest you guys can play that song? But anyways, <laughs> I'm just planning on like I got to be there at eleven thirty. And Aaron Crawford and I and Michael, our bass player, ended up at a Hooters uh, because it was the only place showing the pay-per-view. And so we're at Hooters while everyone else is at audio feed. <laughs> and uh, I'm like just waiting for like the, uh, the, the main event to end. And it's going all five rounds and everything is just crazy. And I'm looking at the clock like <laughs> they're going to kill me. And uh Aaron Crawford's just like, dude, we, we got to get you back, man. Like, there's no way you're going to make it. And I remember thinking, like, just having this moment of like, you know what? Like, they're going to be fine. Like, they're just, <laughs> they're going to make it work. They you don't, gonna they don't sell need us to, out they, don't, they can play other songs. Like, they don't need me. I'm not a maker. I'm not a deal breaker on this show. So it's like, they'll figure it out. I'm like, I'm going to watch till the end of this, this fifth round. Cause I, this is, you know, I'm here for this reason, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm in a totally different city for audio feed festival. Right. I'm not like here to watch pay-per-view, but uh, it ended. And I just remember we got in the car and drove back like as fast as we could. And I hopped a fence and came flying through the door. And uh, as soon as I got into the room, I got right up to the side of the stage and you guys had just finished playing a song. And I, I saw Aaron's eyes scanning the the audience looking for me. <laughs> and you made eye contact with me just for a second and boom, started playing the guitar part. And I'm like, oh, and as soon as you guys play, started playing the guitar part, I was like, I kind of freaked out for a minute. Cause I was like, oh no, I haven't, I didn't do my homework on this song. I haven't listened to it. <laughs> like I haven't listened to it in a while. And, and I just kind of like panicked a little bit, even though I, I, I knew it, but it, in, you know, it's one of those moments where it's like, yeah. Oh my God, this is happening right now. And I'm here late. And I just, when does it come in again? And so you guys are playing it and I'm back behind the stage, like listening to it on YouTube, like huddled to my ears close <laughs> as I can trying to figure out like, wait, what's <laughs> happening like, in this part and uh but that ended up being such a fun performance but anyways all right 
I'm back on track. Uh, that's just a good story. It's a good story, right? <laughs> that one's worth story. telling. Um, I always have a conversation with the band on the tour, like who's going to cover it if that person doesn't show up? Because we always ask yeah. somebody to do it. And uh, and it, oh, it's almost never been an issue. I think uh, one time uh, Nick from Wolves at the Gate like texted <laughs> me, <laughs> like he'd done it every night. And I mean, he's a, they, we were we were direct supporting. They were headlining, so it's cool for him to be there yeah. in time to do it. And one night he texts me, he's like, "Dude, I'm at a restaurant. I'm too. F- I'm just not yeah. gonna make it." And as we're like about to start playing, and I like we get in the huddle, and I'm like, "Okay, who who can do it? I, if I do it, that's the rest of the show for right. me. I'm blown out." You know, and Nate had done it some on that release tour, I think, right? Yeah, Nate? yeah. The like the first tour I did with the band, I did, I did it except for like the very end. Bit. I would love to see that, by the way. It was fine. I think him and Jesse kind of split it a little yeah. bit. It was cool. Uh, and then we made we made anyway. And in any case, you wanted me to be. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. So that was worth telling. That was a worthy path to go down, by the way. Yeah, um. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just I wanted you to be a part of it, but. It's like there's so many like really pretty, you know, ambient moments on this album. Like there's so many moments where we could very easily drop Aaron Stone very easily and just let Aaron Stone do his thing. Right. And it's going to be magical and beautiful and whatever. But I want to drop Aaron Stone in this place where Aaron Stone is uncomfortable. Why? Because I'm super uncomfortable in this song, too. (laughs) So we're just going to sit in this misery together and it's either going to be great or it's just going to be terrible. <laughs> but he'll have to own it with me exactly. regardless. And uh, if it's bad, it's because of that guest spot. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that song. So it's the title. It's the title track of all songs. That was my we negotiation. Not, yeah, like yeah. I'm singing on it. I actually tried to pull the plug on it in the studio before Aaron started doing <laughs> drums. You tried. I tried. I, uh, cause I just didn't think it fit. Like I just, I, for some reason I was having a hard time hearing it. And, um, before Aaron started tracking drums, I said, you know what? We're running out of time. Why don't you just skip this one? And I'm like, it just doesn't fit the record. We'll just do it later. And both Aaron and Nate were looking at me like, nah, I think we're going to record this one. I think we're, <laughs> I, let's yeah. just, let's just do it. You know, it's, it's easy enough. Nate's not gonna let those riffs Dude. go. He's got some big old juicy. At the time, juicy... it was for sure my least favorite song. Like, yeah, it's just weird, without, right? Without a doubt, like yeah. it was a song that definitely felt like it wasn't there. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Right. Like honestly, it wasn't there until the first mix. Like, yeah, I completely the, like, agree. Like we, if if the first mix hadn't turned out how it did, that would have gotten cut. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And and honestly, that first mix is what blew my freaking mind, you know? And, uh, but yeah, anyways, but Aaron, it's like, I, have, I put it on your radar that you're going to do this song. And I send this song to you, this demo, which is just this like sassy yeah. rock song, basically. And you, you prefaced it. You're like, hey, man, we're going to get gonna weird. Be weird. You know, and I'm so curious. A, a belt buckle. The whole song just was like <laughs> oh, yeah. a belt buckle. Well, I think this is this is where the phrase cranking the hog came from. Yeah. And yes. that made me even more like nervous about it that we were calling it the motorcycle song. I was like, oh yeah. God, this is a bad it was sign. Turner and Hooch. Yeah, this is that a bad sign. But that was the first thing Nate told me. He's like, Yeah, I think he wants you to get on this like motorcycle yeah. song. And I was like, oh, those yeah. are not- Now listen, <laughs> yes, okay. I, I knew I knew that you'd probably listen to it and be like oh, this is not going to happen. Like, this is, I'm, I can't be a part of this. I'm curious to know what your reaction was when you first heard it. Uh, Yeah, it, it, well, I had been prefaced, yeah. you know, 
And so my expectation was that it would be that I, I kind of knew what the vibe would be. And I knew that it would be like really well done because I know I wouldn't be saying sure. by you two that wasn't. So I feel like it was kind of like what I, I, I you had both like kind of like done the eyebrow thing to me. Like, wait till yeah. you hear this one. So like I was I was I was prepared. It's like when uh, anyway, it's like with someone who who looks young asks you to guess their age and they're like doing their eyebrows like well clearly then you're older than i think like that's got to be the thing so yeah i got it i was like all right challenge accepted i mean there wasn't you had written the melody and you'd written the lyrics and so it was just like okay i have to just try to execute this as well as i can and try to find and i think i found a a little place in the bridge to like add something that was like felt like a little bit of me to it you know for sure um and but also I remember the first time I heard it I was like oh wow he's singing because I I well, this was in coronavirus right I I couldn't go to studio right. anywhere and Nate wasn't coming here at the time and so I have a barely passable mic and a and a, I think at the time I was actually even in a gap of owning Logic I had to use yeah. GarageBand but I set up like I built like I hung a bunch of I kind of got Nate like how should I set this up I hung a bunch of blankets and pillows and I was like you know. Shane threw the gauntlet down. I wish I could go to studio so that I could be sure that I, but now I really have to like be on, and I'm not good either at like knowing if my takes are good, you know, like I really rely on Goldman and the guys in the booth. That's a good take. So it was, it was more, it was more uh, like, it was just like, Oh, my friend wants me to do this thing. Then it's done. And if this is what he wants me on, great. And you guys had prepared me for it. So of course, I got it, and I was like, "Oh, this is super yeah. fun!" And that's just a thing that we never do as a band, and mostly by design. Like, fun is mm-hmm. not an adjective we're yeah. aiming for. Uh, so it was like, "Oh, okay, it's fun." And I, I, I really did like it was, it was humbling and an honor to get to do it and getting to hear it afterwards and how you guys mixed it. I think the bridge really sold yeah. me on the song. Like, it, it does something really cool, um, and I think it can. I think having heard the whole record. Like it can fit. It really does. It, it's not. It's not indicative of the rest of the record, except for in the fact of its quality mm-hmm. and its catchiness. Like those. Those two things are. But it is like, I'm hoping you just license the crap out of that song and because it, <laughs> it can go yeah. places that your other well, that songs can't. Like that that's was the, the thing. Benefit. Is like let's just. As soon as I got I, I got out of my own way on thinking maybe it was too crazy or that it was not going to fly or whatever. As soon as we're like, let's just have fun with it. Let's just appreciate it because it can be a cool song. I don't know if it fits in our catalog, mm-hmm. but we make the rules. So let's just, let's try it, you know? And uh, and I think just having fun with it is what made it a really great song. And it's like, um, and to be, to, to speak even more into like trying to record your vocals in a rough situation, before you did your vocals, before that whole plan of you doing it on your own came to pass, I brought a mm-hmm. microphone to Face Down Fest because we were going to potentially do it like <laughs> in the van or like at someone's house. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's that how plan. like that was the plan. Like we're going to get these vocals one way or another. And just the idea of us trying to cut vocals for a record in the back of a van. I mean, that's like that's where we were willing to go. And uh, it's crazy, man. And I just I, I think I was down for that, but I was also like, that's not going to happen. We're going to be hanging too much. Yeah. There's gonna be too and many it hangs. didn't happen. It was kind of like, it was, it was too crazy. And you know, one of those, one of those things, but um, yeah, dude, that song rips. And it's funny that like, it took Nate mixing it for it to be what it was like, because Nate, Nate changed it a lot. 
like Nate added the dynamics to it that were really missing. So like mm-hmm. when I heard the first mix, for me, it was like hearing the song for the first time because all the guitars mm-hmm. before went, they just, that huge riff just went on and on and on and on and on and you never got a break from it. And Nate yeah. pieced it up to where like, you were getting a break from this riff and when the verse hits and the singing starts, it's just kind of like drums and bass, you know? And, uh, dude, it just, it changed everything. So shout out to my boy, Nate, for just delivering, <laughs> for cranking that hog, so, cranking that, yeah. cranking so now that the, hog. Now that the Nate, Nate Shane love fest is, is, uh, Hey, I've been doing good. I only gave fed. him that one shout out within the last like 30 <laughs> minutes. So. But we, we can feel so much more than that coming through yeah. Mike. What is it that like, like what kept you going, man? Because it was like brutal there for a while, especially like, like I know there was a whole other situation with another producer, which probably don't want to get too much into because yeah. we don't want to name names or whatever. But there was just there was other like you you miscarried the record essentially, yeah. like and and several times it was close, like and you voiced wanting to like quit. Like mm-hmm. what what kept you? Was it just was it my epic showing up on tour every eight months and telling you you have to finish that probably. that's really what did it? I'm yeah, betting. probably. I think it's just a, it's just or Jason holding up the contract and dude, it's just you. a combination of of all of it, really. Like it was just it, you know, what are you gonna do? Like you you started making this thing and and uh, you and you roped in your buddies and and your other people that are now involved in it as well, and it's just kind of like you almost have to. In my mind, I almost have to come through for them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think that was kind of the the big motivation is just kind of like you know i i don't i don't want to do this um but i think i can and uh just got to keep on trucking it's like dude it, there was so many there were so many times where it was unbelievably discouraging where just like you know i mm. i went back and looked at the emails between jason and i and you know we missed seven deadlines like seven times I told wow. Jason this record's going to be done here and here. And I think by time two, he just stopped believing me entirely. But, <laughs> but honestly, that's seven times though, that I legitimately believed we could do it. I mean, I, I didn't ever tell him a deadline because I, I just wanted to tell him something. I mean, I legit thought we were that close or we, you know, we could do it. And it's like seven times something came up that held us back from getting it done or doing this or that, or this wasn't good enough. And, you know, I mean, and that's super discouraging. Like you, you feel like you're never going to get out of this project. And the weight was heaviest on me because I had to, I had to come up with, I had to write lyrics, you know, and try and figure out what we're going to do, like to complete this thing. It's like, everyone's just kind of waiting for, for you know me to dump something in the bucket essentially and unfortunately when you're dragging something out for that long it's like you know nate aaron crawford other people have lives and things going on too so i don't just get to like insert myself into everyone's schedule and be like cool we're gonna work on this now it's like over that time period there's a lot that comes up so um you know i think it's just that like not wanting to fail myself but also not wanting to fail everyone else in the same right and having to go back to jason and be like hey i know you kind of gave me a, a a second you know chance here with this record and making it happen i don't want to have to come to you on this this 
you know, the ultimate favor mm-hmm. and be like, listen, dude, you know what? I just don't have what it takes. It's like, <laughs> you know, what kind of message does that send to, to, you know, I, I do think in, in small ways, I think about, you know, like my kids too. I'm like, what kind of message does that send? Like my dad would have never have given up on anything. And it's like, and granted, this isn't putting food on the table by any means. It's like, it's, it's something I started that I have to complete. And the closer we got to completing it, the more I realized what we were doing. Like, it's like, whoa, like this, this has been a total burden, but dude, this is the more you, the more you see it come together, the more I'm I'm realizing, like, this is the best thing we've ever, I've personally ever been a part of, you know, it's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And so it's cool. You know what I mean? It's cool to like experience all of those emotions. Like not a damn thing came for free. Not one thing came for free. Not one thing came without Mm. really having to like earn it and struggle. And it's like, you know, that's, I don't know, that's crazy stuff, man. When you get to the end of it, there's almost no one that can take that away from you. You know, you listen to the record and you're just like, I know what it took to get here. And we got there, we did it. So and, and but you can know that in the process you can know that when it's done like I, like obviously what you're saying is like duty and stubbornness and principle is is pushing you at times when there's no personal when the passion has been mm-hmm. burned out of you like when you're so exhausted that those things carry you and then eventually if you stick with it they lead back to moments of joy and discovery and mm-hmm. creativity and those things are really but knowing you can know having you know we've made like seven or eight records now uh if you count the right. EPs like but even knowing that, like we're in the middle right now of kind of just at the and about to really ramp up writing a new full length. And but even knowing that, I, I still know it's like going to be yeah. painful and there's going to be times when it's just like uh, when even no, even having been through it so many times, it still can it can be such yeah. a exhausting thing where there are some things in particular. I mean, obviously, the Nate's relationship and, J- and Jason's, I know, were and and um, and uh, uh, uh I'm blanking. Crawford, Aaron Crawford. He's such a wonderful Aaron, Aaron Crawford. Yeah, um, he's formerly a wonderful of Flee the Scene. Uh, <laughs> formerly of another yeah. Face Down Legacy Band. Former, yeah, exactly. Um, like I, I know that his relationships were really helpful to getting yeah. through. Were there other things that you were doing that were helping keeping you healthy? Um, obviously, being a dad. Yeah. But. Um, you know, I don't know. The, mentally, like, I, I even trying to figure out, like, like where am I going to go, like how am I going to tell the story lyrically? Like what's, what's the whole vibe of this thing? Like in the past, it's always been pretty easy to like, I can somehow tie lyrics back to like, they've always kind of been rooted in this like spiritual struggle, you know, like that's kind of like the thing I've, I've probably written about the most. And then that laid low EP diverted from that a little bit where things became a little less about that and a little bit more about like just certain things in life that are right in front of me. Um, and then this record is just kind of like, I don't feel any of that. I don't feel any of this like spiritual battle. It's like all that to me, is like, I got nothing to sing about anymore. I've already said it. And I've kind of come to a place where like, I'm good, you know, my struggle and the things that I want to say and the things that I'm, um, that I'm wearing on my sleeve, it's just sort of like sorting through the ashes of those years of being like, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? Like, how did I get to this place of just being like, how did I get to this place of just being like really miserable and, and so like physically miserable. And I mean, everything, you know what I mean? Like just gained like a bunch of weight 
for my body. It's like, I just started stacking on pounds. Um, and just was sort of like checked out in so many ways where you just kind of get to this place where you don't care, you know what I mean? And you, and then, and then you start accepting who you are like, and again, like, that's not to say that like those things are bad qualities, but it's just kind of like, they're bad qualities. If you're, if you're just, if you know that you're not healthy in, in all these different ways and you're just allowing them to happen and accepting them, you know what I mean? Like it's, to, to just sort of like constantly be like, well, I guess this is who I am. Well, I guess this is what I do. I guess this is how I live my life. I guess this is how I think. It's like, it's weird how like you can just slowly mentally crash into this weird place and get comfortable. You know what I mean? It, there is, you don't have the perspective anymore of knowing that you're in this bad situation or bad place. You're just comfortable and it's the new normal, you know? And so the lyrics is just, is it kind of, it's all rooted in that, you know, of just sorting through the wreckage. And uh, so for me to try and, and climb out of that and, uh, and piece through that, I just went for walks every single day. I'd listen to music every single day. I started journaling every single day, which is something totally new for me. I don't ever do that. Um, and the journals are nuts. Like if, if everyone, if, if anyone ever found them, they would think that I was just like a, a, super creepy serial killer or something um because when you're just when you're writing just like you know stream of consciousness and not really caring what you're writing you're just writing it's crazy you know it's crazy talk like you're not thinking anything through you're just just crazy talk <laughs> and so i just go through all these exercises uh to kind of get my mind sharp and then um you know started doing like uh muay thai like mma stuff um, jujitsu, things awesome. like that to try and just work things out. Uh, and that, that's a good mental, uh, that's a good mental exercise as well. I mean, that, that requires a lot of kind of getting out of your own way and pushing through walls that, that, you know, physically you hit a wall where you're like, I don't think I can keep going. And you've got this little Brazilian guy in your face, like, go, 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 go. It's just kind of like, you know, you end up having to face yourself so many times um in that setting and so um i was just doing a lot of that i was being really proactive and trying to get things together and eventually i was able to translate that into i was able to channel that into a record you know which is just something i hadn't been ready for for so long i didn't know how it was gonna because that's my that's how i get things out right like i guess like that's how i've chosen to say the things i need to say or deal with certain things and it's just weird, like how long all of that took to process to like come to a point of like, okay, whoa, this record's done. And it's like, I'm reading through the lyrics and I'm proofreading everything for the layout, you know, cause we got to send it off. And, and I remember that was like the first time I'd like read through all the lyrics, like without like any music or overthinking anything or thinking about phrasing or like whatever. I'm just reading lyrics of something that's final. And I was just like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> like, this is a dark record. <laughs> and, uh, but it's cool because I just, I see all of it, you know, and I feel like I feel better, you know. And again, it's, it's good, man. It's good. So I don't know. I don't even know what the original question was. I just kind of went off there. But, <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the story of whatever you asked.
<laughs> I think mental health uh, upkeep. There right? you go. Something like yeah, that. There you go. Something like that. So, but uh, yeah, it's good. So it's the sound. This record is also the sound of you getting healthy. I think like. so. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So, you know, rock and roll. Well, what else do you say about it? I'm so stoked you stuck it out, man. Every time we'd see you coming through on tour or whatever, and we'd hear where, where, where things were and sometimes see you pretty discouraged, yeah. it'd always just be be like, man, I hope he, you know, we'd always talk to you and tell you that. You yeah. know? We, we just wanted to see you stick it out and super proud of you, man. Thanks, it's great. dude. It's a great Thanks. record. I hope people will check Appreciate it out. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's funny. It just becomes a joke sometimes where you're just kind of like, yeah, it's going to be done. It's going to get done. And it's <laughs> like after two years, you're just kind of like, is this really ever going to be done? And, uh, yeah. So it's cool, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, and Nate and I, we're going to celebrate this weekend, man. It's going to be good. We're going to do all the Atlanta things, which is just kind of camping out at Nate's house with some licorice and lucky charms and <laughs> lucky charms. Dude, you remember I brought a box of lucky charms and yeah, I think I, I, I brought all the snacks. Strange that was. Snack I brought all the snacks. So, but, uh, Anyways, as a kid, I was convinced I was going to get Lucky Charms as an adult and pull out all the charms and eat a bowl of that. And obviously, as an adult, that sounds awful, dude. I was going to say it's not too late, Jeremiah. Any day. Little, I, I'm like, like more inclined to, own, to pull all man. the marshmallows out and eat that. <laughs> 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 yeah. But anyways, that's what's up. We hit the wall. <laughs> we hit the wall. That's a, that's it. We officially hit the wall. That's. That's, That's the record in a nutshell. What else you guys got for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that uh, I've seen you play like what twelve times now, and your last uh, set at Face Down Fest was like, oh freaking yeah, I get it now. Mm-hmm. You absolutely killed it, and I was like, okay, this is a different Shane. This is a Shane that like feels confident and like. It was just cool, man. It was yeah. really, really cool, that set. So, the healthiest and happiest I've ever dude, seen. Dude, it all stems in- back to this time I met Jim Atkins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. And he just inspired you. I appreciate dude, that, though. Ryan and yeah. I were talking. No, it was awesome. I was like, dude, there's that's the best set at this fest for sure. Uh, Nobody's going to beat it. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Ryan and I watched that set and said and we're just like that is like a 2007 shane <laughs> that's how it felt yeah like it's just that crazy like early hands yeah energy just owning it man yeah i kind of found a new character within myself i found and honestly i think i kind of found it i think i've always been aware of like this kind of like i don't know you know how like maybe i don't know if you guys do this or not but I get into this weird zone on stage, like in front of people, like there's just a switch, like something happens. And I feel like I'm in a different dimension where I'm like, I'm way cool with making people extremely uncomfortable. And so like in all, even in like a uh, handsets, we used to just like take a break. Like there's a part that like, I'm supposed to play guitar and come back in. And I would just, and because our sets were always so awkward anyways, and there wasn't like a, a ton of people like yelling or chanting the words it's like people were already just kind of standing there like when's war of ages gonna play um just shout out to war of ages good dudes uh but 
but that was kind of always like what we were caught in, you know, as we'd play and we'd have a few people that were excited, but for the most part, you're kind of playing to people that are waiting for the next band. So we, uh, I would always just take the opportunities to just like make it super weird. So like the, everything would just go quiet and I'm supposed to start playing and I would just let all the instruments drown out and I would just stand there with my hands down, just looking at the crowd in dead silence. It's like an entire room, dead silence. And it's like, who's going to break you or me? You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, <laughs> but I kind of like just, I, it's, it's just a different, it's a different zone. And uh, I feel like I kind of found, a. have always been trying to hone in on that character, like to figure out, like, who is that guy? You know what I mean? Like, what what's happening with that guy? What, what's the big difference between that guy and then offstage, like, that guy? And uh, I think I kind of found who that guy is being on stage with my epic, doing the little guest vocal parts, <laughs> because I didn't have a guitar, and it's not my band, and I don't have to, like, I just get to just do my thing. I just get to do whatever hits and I can jump off stage and it doesn't matter. People are there for my epic. So I kind of found this new, like these little like dance moves and this weird, like creepy vibe. Oh, we, oh, we noticed. I loved it. And like, as soon as I started doing that, I'm kind of like, I think I found, I think I found it. <laughs> I think I found this guy I've been looking for forever. Well, the classic, the classic cool guy move, if you have a guest vocal, is to make it to the mic like right at the last mm-hmm. minute, right? Like so, you're you're kind of coming in with force, at least in my mind, with force and aggression. You're really making a powerful entrance because then you're grabbing the mic. And I think it was a couple years ago at Audio Feed, and it's on YouTube yeah. where like you came out like way yeah. early, like not even like a core, maybe even the verse yep. before, and you're sort of making this like politician kissing baby shaking hand lap around the <laughs> around the stage yep. like checking in with us yeah. you're like come hang out you guys with me, ready and then you, you go ready hang for out this you guys ready for this and i've ever like <laughs> and you're just like dancing yeah. and i was just like all right this is what i've ever trying to make nate laugh because like it's such a serious and that's the thing i have no business being silly in this song because it's serious but Oh, yeah, because you should do that in one of our silly yeah, yeah. songs. <laughs> but at the same time, all right, listen, first of all, that show, your boy's coming off of a cloud nine. I just got a five-round title fight, UFC, yeah. right? I show up, and I'm just I'm ready to roll. Whatever happens, happens. But I also came out super early because I was also just like, uh, like I said before, questioning, yeah. like, <laughs> when does this part start? I need to go out and make sure. And so I was out there just hanging out saying what's up to all you guys and then trying to make nate laugh and uh i remember like yelling at nate just be like this is it is this it this is it and nate's just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. go 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 for it <laughs> and uh but anyways but then i just like coming out early like it's fun because you're right like there is this aggression or whatever it is to just like coming out at the right moment grabbing the mic it's like but first of all guest vocalists not my bag. I just, I've never, I've never enjoyed guest vocalists on anything ever because here's the thing it, it, live, right. In a, in a, in an actual like recording. Sure. There's been times, but this is a live though. For sure. It's typically not, uh, it's typically a friend of the band who has been waiting for this moment to, to, to be front man <laughs> and to shine. So, and, and, and it's even worse in like the hardcore scene because then you just get this random dude that comes out 
you see him struggling to wrap yeah. the, to unwrap the mic yeah. around the you know the stand <laughs> and then he takes it and for some reason his mic is louder than than the others or or not on or one of the if two you got a good sound guy it's not on <laughs> All right, we're we're not gonna give this guy that much credit so it's like but and then he just go and then the, the, the dude just goes hard right and it's kind of like to me it's just like but why and i get it like there's like whatever this like hardcore music unity like we're yelling together kind of thing i don't know what it is but i it i just i've never liked it i've never i've i've never wanted to be the guy that like walks out on stage and is like hey everyone here I am. You ready to hear what I have to bring? It's like, <laughs> I thought that this band wasn't doing a good enough job. So I'm going to come out here and steal some shine. It's like, I've always like, and I'm, yeah, listen, I'm guilty of some of that in the past too. Like, but uh, I've just, I've, ugh, I don't know. Something's always bothered me about it. So with this though, it's like, wait, I sang this part. I did this. So I, I get to do this, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. rather than like strolling on out at the right moment i'm like i'm just gonna go out there and i'm gonna hang with these guys and set the vibe and i'm gonna sing hang it's gonna it's buds. like it's gonna be awesome you know what i mean like and it's been fun that way because it, it feels less like like okay here's the moment you know and they stroll out there and anyways it doesn't matter so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's safe to say that you and Aaron approach a lot of this stuff from very different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Break it down for us, Jeremiah. Uh, yeah. Just like break me down. Like putting intentionally putting yourself in uncomfortable positions is not really Aaron's vibe. Oh, oh I see. Aaron's like, yeah. let's be prepared. Let's be like, you know. Yeah. And it's like er almost everything you've described is like, I'm like, oh man, that would like. It would honestly make me erect too, but I don't put myself in any of those positions anyway. But yeah, I'm like, oh, that's so the like not Aaron's yeah. vibe on that. Well, hey, though, no, I want to I want to be prepared. Like my night, yeah. all my recurring nightmare is like the show starts or the records do, and I'm not ready. Yeah. yeah, and so so, but but I would agree too that like calling the ball and saying we're making a record yes. when songs aren't written and that's all you know yeah. you're already putting yourself in the pressure yeah. cooker. Yeah. Uh, big yep. time. Like, but, but yeah, like I, I, when I go on stage, I'm like trying to like be, and, and that grows out of, um, you're not wanting to be awkward on stage. No, I don't know. Well, I, you know that I'm which, not above, which makes it more fun corny. to pick on yeah. you on yeah. stage. I mean, I've been in, I've, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like those are different. Those are different. They're just different things. I mean, yeah. I've done like VBS for years for like 500 kids and I'll just be the goofiest, corniest. I don't mind in that. Right. But 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 like yeah, when when you're trying to, it's funny because obviously every every time we make a record, Goldman will make some. He's not really picking on me, but he's making some joke about how I can't really write a a, a fun song or mm -hmm. like I remember him saying like on our first record like you know like something about like he was making a joke about like people like me and and as cities burn who couldn't possibly not try to write every song about the deep yes like <laughs> deep level deepest level of existence <laughs> and i don't know why that is that's the stuff that seems to although lately i've been writing a lot of songs about poop because i have a daughter and that's just coming like really uh yeah yeah, yeah. Now. you know as it but, uh, as it does but like i have it tends to come naturally yeah but i can click in i can click into the vbs thing but at this point with my epic it's like that's not what our songs do but i do have well, we are going to write like, that vbs record yeah 
<laughs> Wait, but Shane, no, like, Shane's not talking about a VBS vibe. <laughs> yeah. Also, awkward isn't really the right word for it. It's We're, more like deliberate, like caricature, right? Well, <laughs> I I thought that he used the word awkward. He likes the awkward. Like you, Shane used that word. He, but... he forces the audience to feel awkward. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not saying yeah. he's awkward. He, but he's like putting himself in what would could be characterized as awkward. For sure. Silence. As long as you own it. It's not yeah. awkward. That's true. That's also I true. I will say that when we, we've had the benefit in the last few years to tour a lot more than you have, mm-hmm. Shane. And, and part of what comes with that is like, I just enjoy playing. So I do enjoy playing yeah. a lot. Like, if you ask me what's the most fun I've had in the last few years, it's playing with these dudes. Right. Like, because they're going to come ready too. And, you know, after the second or third, usually by the third yeah. show, it feels so automatic. I don't, I'm not, uh, maybe it's a good thing. I don't have to think, I don't have to yeah. think about it. Like, I'm just, uh, at that point i'm just really just enjoying it right. and and whatever and the songs you know have a feeling that is just naturally whatever yeah. but yeah jeremiah's not wrong I, I like being prepared <laughs> for a live show but i also just like messing with people like i just i like i like yeah i don't have i, I don't like have messing that. with yeah, my band that. guys and making them wonder what the hell's going on during a set like i just i i like the the unexpected because it's just like I don't know. There's just something about it. It's like, let's not take this too seriously. Like we do, we take it seriously and we care. It's like, if I didn't care, it wouldn't have taken two years to make a record. Uh, but there's also this element of just kind of like, you know, like, Hey, we're just playing rock music. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's do our thing and everyone just chill out, chill out. They like, Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Like, especially for us, yeah. it's like, we're never going to have the perfect sound. We're never going to be the band that has the sound check. You know what I mean? Like where it's like the tracks are never going to work right. You know what I mean? The guitars are always going to come unplugged. The snare drum's always going to break. It's like, whatever's going to happen, is going to happen. You, you've, you've also been conditioned to, you, you believe that. Yeah, like, I'm you, good. Every time we talk about this, you're like, why is anything yeah. good going to happen? Nothing no, good's going to happen. And I'm good with it. <laughs> I, and I, I honestly think I, I do better just being like, okay, like, Hey, this, this is, this is rock and roll, man. And I think like, I think honestly, just to tie that back a little bit to like, even just working with Nate on the record, it's like, you can be surgical about everything you do making a record. Everything can, it can be the perfect placement, the perfect isolation, the perfect, you can do it all the math and and whatever, but it's like, at the same time, like there's this element of like, like for instance, like a guitar sound, it's kind of like, well, we could move the mic here. Or do you think I should change strings or do you think I should do this or do this or do this? And Nate is going to be the guy that like, rather than like going into that conversation is just going to be like, sounds like a rock guitar, man. It sounds good. It's like <laughs> that mentality for me, that's awesome. That That's what I love is because, like you care, like Nate cares about the details. Nate knows what he's doing. I know what I'm doing on stage and we care, but there's also this level of just like, man, like where we draw the line, you know what I mean? Of things that we're really paying attention to that actually do really matter. It's like, I like that. You know what I mean? I, I, I could never live in this like ultra surgical approach mm-hmm. to everything. And every live show has got to be like, pristine and exactly with the like everything's got to be like everything's got to well, work that's why none of us are in that's why none of us are in metal yeah bands, yeah oh you know, dude like for real right so i'm kind of in a metal band 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's actually true. But, but I, I am obsessed with like danger when it comes to like live performances. Yeah. I hate yeah, yeah. feeling like they're like the the only thing that could go wrong is I make a mistake. That's not any fun. Like Right. So I never want to approach a tour or a show without like having an idea of like improv or or like just having some like there has to be room for something to happen otherwise nothing happens for me like you know whether that's like you know it could be a whole bunch of different things it could be like on the one tour i was like okay on this part i'm gonna punch these pedals off or whatever you know just like (laughs) dumb stuff like that that i want to do because it's like eventually playing the set is automatic like you know and that and if that's what i'm doing every night that doesn't really hold my interest not to say I'm some like amazing musician. I don't think that's necessarily the case. It's just like I'm. I get bored. I want to do yeah. crazy, more fun stuff. That I would say that I don't know what it's called. There's white privilege and there's like wealth privilege. That's talent yeah. privilege, and most of us don't have it. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I and, I'm with you. And like I, it's gonna take even when I'm feeling good. I I still have to be fully engaged. Like I don't need any help. For it to feel yeah. dangerous, even when it's going yeah. well, it feels dangerous. And some of that is like you've joked, Nate. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, you don't do the singing and riffing thing as much as I have had to do and do all the time. But that alone, for me, like, there's oh, the acrobat, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the acrobatics well, yeah. right you give there. Me you, know? the, you give me the power to, like, have room to improvise and do things, you know, because yeah. you, you are going to do the same thing, <laughs> regardless, right? So like like you you saying consistent means that I can and this this happened like the biggest time in my life where this happened was when I played with Author because and and there was like I think the whole band had a more uh, like like a stronger sense of improvisation but I do think it was like well these are what the songs are and Trevor's going to play his guitar parts are simple and he's going to sing his songs and he sings them you know, pretty much the same way. And it's like, then essentially everyone else in the band, we just got to do, you know, here's the outline of what this show is going to be like. And then, you know, right. we would jam and, you know, like granted, this is yeah. like a super DIY setting or whatever, but it's like, that was just like me learning that, Oh, this is what I want from playing live. It's yeah. Like, not think, necessarily having everything spelled out. I think my epic does a really great job of that, of like kind of riding that line of like, it feels like a rock band playing and doing their thing. Like it doesn't feel like there's any, it doesn't feel like you're chained to anything. And, but yet still feels and sounds professional always. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that's something that like I talk about all the time with our guys. I'm not blowing smoke, but it's like, I said it at Face Down Fest. I'm like, I've seen these guys so many times over so many years in so many different rooms. And it's like, there's never a time where like you guys fail. Like, and you might think that you guys fail, but it's like there, you guys always consistently just sound great. And it doesn't really matter what the circumstances are. And it's like, to me, that freaking rules. And, uh, you know, I, I I appreciate that. So thanks for saying that. I think I think yeah, some of that thanks. has to do with 
certain of us being like me and I don't know to what degree Jeremiah does, but I would I would think you pretty are pretty committed to the same thing every night as well, Jeremiah. I don't. Yeah, I mean, really so, I mean, <clears throat> besides the like slowly the first few days dialing stuff in, pedal wise mm-hmm. or right. something, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's I feel like consistent. I, you know, I even know like when your sub pedal is gonna hit. Like I know yeah. that the second time through the chorus of hails when you're going to like hit the chords or whatever but like we have different drummers often and then nate obviously is gifted enough to do that and i i feel like it's we've really enjoyed not using tracks again yeah right that's how that's how i'm looking Uh, at this new record of like obviously there's a lot of layers to this thing and i'm just like okay like we haven't really talked about it yet but it's like how do we do this and like I don't want to run a bunch of tracks. Like I don't want to be chained to tracks because I've always hated that. You know what I mean? Like I just, I hate this, this idea that like, okay, there's gotta be this and this is in the sound guys in control of this. And it's just kind of like, you know, it, it just feels like, like it's limiting you in so many ways rather than making the show any better. And so, yeah, I mean, I wish we toured enough to for me to get to the point where I felt like I feel like you know that's where I'm. I am, and I'm not so. I guess I am a little envious of the bands that are slightly bigger than us who can make a living just off doing it. Although I sure. don't want to like, you know, at all sniff at the fact that we can we can make something off doing it, and we get to keep doing it. For Those sure, are awesome. Yeah. But but the thing I think more about is like how much time they get to spend doing yeah. it, which helps them be really exactly, good. Yeah. And thankfully, like this is Nate's job. When even when Nate's not doing my epic, he's doing music. Right. Um, and I'm just not, I, I'm not gifted in the way to, to do what he does, but I, I feel like, man, uh, if we got to tour as much as this band, I wonder how much better we'd be or how much stronger. Cause I know we yeah. would be, cause I know every tour we do, yeah. I get better at doing my job. I get better. Right. And I, and I lessen, and I was even when Nate started saying like, Hey, when we do the, the heavy record, we should go without tracks. And I remember being like, yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Like we had done a couple tours of tracks and they're kind of a pain, but it does take something away to me that I like a lot and I don't have a problem with it. So many bands we love use tracks right. and we may, yeah, for sure. I do enjoy like the, it feels yeah, more if, alive. If it works, it if it's alive. working for you and it's, it's making the show better than, than do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for us, I've always thought it was making the show better, you know, but it, it's kind of like, well, I don't, I just don't think we put in enough work on the front end trying to figure out, how to just make us better and then supplement with tracks if we have to. Like, why are we leaning on all this stuff when we don't have to? And so, and for right. us, it's even worse because every show we play is essentially our first show in months or even years, rather. So it's kind of like we have to go out to like every face down fest I've ever played in the last 10 years, really. I mean, with the exception of this last one, it's been like, okay we've spent all these all this time trying to figure out the songs and learn them and we're going to perform them for the first time in this room and it's like it's it's the one <laughs> shot we get and uh and i feel like the performance has 10 out of 10 times reflected that and so this this last bass down fest was the first time that we actually played you know two or three shows before mm-hmm. and really benefited from that but um but like the, with the new record it's like I just want to approach this like, okay, we're a group of guys. We've all, we all do this thing. How do we take this song and just approach it as a rock band? Like, let's not, let's, let's, we don't need to have every single element, every single synth, every single vocal harmony, everything in the live show to make it a great show. 
We just need to figure out what are the essentials and how do we do those things and play it as a rock band without tracks. And then we can supplement little things where we need to. It's like, yeah. What's, what's kind of infuriating, but it is freeing. is like when I play every now and then is acoustic without anybody else, which I never want to do, but I, sometimes I get in positions where I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And people are always, the people that are there are act like it was just as great as if we played. And I'm like, it wasn't even like, it's 2% as cool, but they, they just like the song and they get to hear. And it's just blows my mind. How many people like, like, I just don't prefer acoustic based music, although it's just a personal. You sound really good doing it. You know, it's like when you guys, when, when the quarantine thing started and you guys did those first couple, uh, like, uh, YouTube performances or, or Facebook performances or whatever, it was like those the first like quarantine sessions, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Jason emailed me after the first one or two or whatever, and he's just like, "Hey, so with you guys coming out with a new record, you should consider maybe trying this." And I just remember being like, "Not a shot in hell! Like, <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna sit down with an acoustic in front of whatever, and like, it's like not gonna work for me." I, I part of me like, and and maybe it's a goal for me on this record is to write songs that I feel like. Cause I, and I don't want to. I don't regret this as a band, and I hope there's still a lot of this on our next mm-hmm. record. Of this is built around dynamic. Like this is supposed to yeah. be big. It can be reinterpreted. But I'm always hoping with every song I write that it's good enough that there's a version of it that I can just play on acoustic and feel exactly as strongly, even though it's it's interpreted different. There's a lot of songs. It's like people are like, oh, I've never played lower still acoustic because it, it just doesn't work that <laughs> doesn't right. work that way. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But that's a, a kind of a current. Like that's been more of a thing the last yeah. few years, um, yeah. But well, I still think you should do it. Dude, I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, it's it's so hard. Just to do your here. awkward silence performance. Just turn it on for an hour. <laughs> just and turn see it on YouTube audience. and just be like, see if the hey. audience wins or you. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's see if Steve, I let's see if I can get viewers down to that. absolute see, zero. See if you can stay until it's zero. Yeah, that's <laughs> it just ends up being one, and it's just like. <laughs> Jim Atkins. Mom, it's just yeah. Jim Atkins. <laughs> it, is, it would be Jim, yeah. Just believe that yeah. it's him on the other end. The only comment is like, are you going to play Dude, anything? Oh, man. <laughs> are you going to play anything best on Creator? Best roast ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, best roast ever. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so we always uh, – so I, 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 I stand here as a member of, the, of humanity to say thank you for persevering, making this record. Uh, I hope people will check it out. You and Nate did a fan- phenomenal job. It's really good. We always end the show with uh, – thanks no thanks um you get to pick one not both you get to be thankful or not thankful for something that's what you got okay so you don't have to go first we'll go first you can take a minute to think about it because even though none of us have one yet we will go first because we should have known we we should have been ready okay guys who's going first i'll go okay go i got a good one I'll give a, I'll give a, this is going to sound mean for it to be a no thanks, but I'll give a no thanks to uh, a guy from my neighborhood who's been helping me for a little bit at work who uh, cut the tip of his finger off on the table saw this week. Oh, dang. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Yikes. Just dang. Careless mistake, man. No like bone or nerve, but like, you know, tore his finger up pretty good. (laughs) That sucks. So, yeah. He was. He's been a super trooper about it. Super trooper super about trooper. it. I, I didn't mean to do that, but yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. He. Yeah. He was a champ about the whole thing, and he's been working, you know, with his bandages and 
you know so but that was Dang. not a fun mm. that was not a fun day for yeah. sure okay Damn. so be Nate, that. what do you got <laughs> yeah nate what do you got you got all your appendages yeah i got your flanges? All. i got them all baby uh okay this is really stupid but i'm gonna <laughs> say it anyways I'm going to throw my thanks to <laughs> this uh, game called Mario 35. It's on the Switch. Oh, you're playing yeah. that. So I'm playing that. I love old Mario Currently. games a lot. And yesterday, I was on a hot streak, and I was ranked 776 in the world. Yo. Whoa. Just yesterday. That's awesome. I'm sure it's not that. I haven't checked today, so I'm sure someone is whooping on me now. Do you have any idea how big, the, how many people are in well, the Well, the week rankings? before like, that, I was uh, in the hundred thousandths of. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. So, I don't know if that means Dude, anything. Dude, it would have been cool if you were right at that 777 point, but. I know. wasn't. I wasn't. But, yeah, you man. You just slacked just a little Dude, bit. Dude, I was cooking on there. My Marios were going big time. <laughs> Dude, it was so sick. I oh just had God. adrenaline pumping all night. That's rad. Is it, though? <laughs> I, I, I think it's cool. I, I think it's cool that you're right. stuck in that world. You know, yeah. adrenaline pumping. You got to get Dude, rock on, man. Yeah, man. So, I was having a good time. So, there yeah, you go. I think it's cool. So, I got it. I, I came up with some. So, Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still yeah. thinking uh, for some reason. Thanks to Sopranos. Oh. Uh, I'd never watched it before. Um, our boy Dave Quiggle introduced it into my life, and it's been freaking so awesome. Probably favorite show of all time. That is awesome. Oh, wow. um, no thanks. to When does this air? When is oh, this? you were only supposed to do one. You only get one. You only get one. You don't I get thought to you do get both. to go thanks. Oh, it's like a, a two-way no, two street. Or. I mean, I was Look, pretty clear about it. I don't yeah, know but I, I crazy it. ADD. I don't pay attention. About the no thanks. You were more excited about the no thanks. I was more excited so for no. I'm just gonna do this my way. This is <laughs> this is my show. Um, actually, <laughs> when does this come out? Right. Favorite Limp Bizkit. When does this come out? What? A couple weeks. Uh, I'm, I was gonna make it next because your yeah, record's coming yeah, out. So I was gonna step. pump probably hopefully next, next week, week sometime. So after release date. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No thanks to social media algorithms for one. Holy crap, navigating that today is not fun. Um, and two, no thanks to Spotify. Straight up, all right? I'm going to call you out because if you're listening, oh wow, thank you for not playlisting a single one of our songs that we worked Whoa. hard on. Oh, man. Not a single one. Now, release day is Friday, and it's the last opportunity, and we've got Clementine on deck. All right, so come on, world. Maybe on they've board. been holding out in a Spotify playlist that one. Um, then I, I take it all back. But up to this point, where are you at? Where are you at? We give yeah, you three, so three awesome jams, and you you don't even give us, you don't even give us like, whatever you know, like the, the, Dude, the struggle, motorcycle jams. Real over there at Spotify. <laughs> give us something. Man. Give us something. So the struggle's real. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, that's what's up. Uh, I'm gonna say thanks to my little my neighbor. We got new neighbors, um, and uh, they have a bunch of little boys. And uh, one of them, his name is Brighton. He's like seven, and he's just become our little buddy. He comes over and hangs out. And uh, we're some friend gave us a bunch of uh, old wood they weren't using, and we're building him a little tree. 
tree fort, little, more like a little ground fort in the backyard, and uh, just fun little kids, man. And, and uh, they come in there, sweet to my daughter and my wife and I. They help us do. They just want to do anything we're doing. If we're doing chores, they want to hang That's out. Awesome. So thanks to my buddy Brighton, uh, best best neighbor on the block. Rock and uh, roll. Yeah. So that rules. Well, uh, it does I love rule, you, man. dudes. It does rule to have Den- a polite, polite Dennis the Menace yeah. right next door. But, uh, dude, thanks for doing this, man. We love you, buddy. Yeah, We're proud thank of you. you. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. So thanks for 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 having me on your pod. Psst, <laughs> having you on your pod. So. And I hope you boys have a good time on the Chartreuse Caboose this weekend. Dude, this, mean, the Stoke train is chugging along, man. It's gonna right. be awesome. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 been awesome. I'm stoked to hear new stuff from you guys. So bring that. Thanks, Get through man. it. Bring it. We're all ready, and we want a full gonna... length. We don't want none of this EP nonsense. Oh, it's a full length. Don't worry. All right, good. You, you, you're, yeah, your cries have been hurt. Yeah, it's I... just that you, you are the deciding factor. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. I had a feeling I was it. So I'm glad I could turn you guys. But all right. Bye. Yeah. All right, we love you, dude. Peace out. All right. The tweezers are ever since you're the judge.